gentlemen how have you guys been it's been a hot minute you know you know I, th- I can't remember how long it's been it's like three four months now where you guys have gotten jack shit from me and Braden and john um i have no i have no excuses it's just uh been fucking busy all right get off my back get off their backs they're in college they're doing college student things okay just relax you're just be just be grateful that you have this right now and if I know I'm probably going to have a couple of you that are not fans of this conversation, so either leave now or forever hold your peace and listen in. I, I, I suggest, personally, that you listen in, but okay, I'm done rambling. But we're here, nonetheless. I am not alone. Don't worry, you guys. I know you guys are sick of me doing these solo, this solo shit, but no, it's fine. Everything's fine. If you see my tweets, you know it's about to go down. Uh, if you forever ago have sent me any questions related D&D-wise about the, my, the last campaign I was in, well... You find you're finally getting your responses today, and I am not alone. I I was able to get the DM, my lovely DM, and another player player character that's in my party with me. We almost had a third one, but she couldn't make it. Shout out shout out to her. Uh, but nonetheless, introductions, ladies and gentlemen. I am here. You know him. He's been on before. I've been on his stuff. My lovely DM, Tyler Samsel. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Good to be back. Uh, slightly different role today. I am. Uh, you may have remembered me as one of the two Switch It Up boys, but today I am merely uh, a humble dungeon master here to uh, answer some questions based on our very first campaign together. Mm-hmm. And I have with me a team member of mine. Uh, you know him as Maroth, a.k.a. And Hale, a.k.a. Maroth, a.k.a. Hale Mason. How you doing, buddy? Damn. <laughs> you gave Tyler a crazy-ass introduction. He's like, yeah, this is just Maroth. He's kind of cool. No, Maroth <laughs> and Hale. He's also part of the Hey Rainer Gamers Corner podcast. I'm like, when was the last time you were on that? Since we're all shitting each other on po- on not doing podcasts. You remember the last time you were uh, on your own platform? Oh, you don't, you don't have to call me out. That's cool. Alex <laughs> is like, seething somewhere right like, now listening definitely... to this. <laughs> I was gonna listen to this and be like, "What the fuck? He betrayed me." You know, <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely been a while. Work's been he- hectic as fuck. Yeah, dude. Fucking grown up things, I tell you. Fucking. <sighs> Indeed. Is there any uh, before we dive right up into this, gentlemen? Is there anything you guys would like to uh, say or anything? Uh, how you been? Anything interesting as of late? I know Sam's is in school. Mason's working, but. Uh, Anything, anything at all? Anything interesting you'd like to tell my audience before we just get dripped out in nerd shit? Uh, I mean, I can't really escape the when's the last time you did a podcast thing as well, because Colby and I have been uh, <laughs> definitely not on uh, on the airwaves in, in a little bit. Uh, I guess today will be uh, breaking the silence on that, uh, but Colby's been on other uh, other podcasts as well. But yeah, school started uh, first week just wrapped up. 
not a horrific schedule, but I'm also working for part time during the semester for the first time, which is, you know, something. Mm. It, it's certainly something. No, but, for sure. You know, still find time to play good old Dungeons and Dragons with the squad. So, which Ooh. is what we're doing tonight on the night of this recording. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's an exciting day. The gamers need you too. We need to get you guys back. They need the news, <laughs> the absolute news. Instead of fucking four-hour episodes drop, and then <laughs> another four-hour one drop five months later. <laughs> well, listen, okay. <laughs> well, we we change with the times. So when something newsworthy comes out, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> it's a possibility. But we have like missed the last two directs and like last Pokemon presents. So who really knows? Mm. Pretty. Just I don't think our, it's you know five hour escapades that we <laughs> seem to like doing now. Uh, Mason, how's work been, bud? What's up? How's work been? Uh, it's easy as shit. Just the fucking people I had to talk to for eight yeah, hours straight. Customer service is fucking ass. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. That's an update for me, I guess, ladies and gentlemen. I don't work. At, I know I used to tell a lot of CVS stories. On the airwaves with John and Brady, but I don't work there anymore. I left. <laughs> uh, other than that, nothing's really. I'm still doing voice acting shit. You guys see that on Twitter all the time. Um, and I just work. Uh... We're so proud of you, bro. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's fucking. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. My, uh, my, uh, my mental health is rapidly <laughs> declining because of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a joke. It was a joke, everybody. Everybody, fucking relax. Dude, a, do, do we want to shift gears and maybe talk about that a little no. bit more? Actually, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um, all right, enough. <laughs> Dude, my mother listens to this. Mom, I'm fine. Really, that was a joke. It was a complete joke. I promise. My health, mental health is actually has never been more healthy. I promise. All right, everyone else that listens, that's related. Yeah, I just edited that. It's fine. Everyone else that's related to me that's close, I pr- and if you listen, I'm fine. I promise, I'm fine. I'm having the best time of my life fucking walking into my walk-in closet, and I just have the absolute thrill of a lifetime, you know. It's just <laughs> fucking... I'm so glad Alex finally oh, one day so said, hey, you ever heard of this? I'm so glad. Because if, if he didn't, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'd be doing to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. And you were not, and you're, you're going to not do it. And he was just like, fucking do it, dude. And you're like, you know what? He's speaking facts. I'm going to do it. <laughs> let me take this PS4 UBS plug-in that I have, and let me just go scream in my fucking closet and see if I have fun with it. And I, and I did. And then fucking the rest is here. See, <laughs> but fucking go listen to Unlockables podcast with Eric. I pretty much said all that. But fuck. Focus up. Let's there fucking get why we're here. Let's fucking let's get into why we're here. Good old D&D, the campaign of Xanadar. What, what could you say, really? Before I get into questions, Mason, looking back on everything we fucking went through, what is your, uh, in just a small amount of thoughts, what is, what is, uh, what, how do I want to put this? Your review, your thoughts, your, like your experience, all of it, looking back on all of it, what do you think? Looking back, I, it's some of the most fun I've ever had getting together with uh, you guys, you know, who I'm friends with, I think are like 
amazing people getting to uh, meet these new people these people i had no idea even existed and then fucking going on this grand adventure together and fucking uh becoming friends with them and learning about them as the months go on and then it, it was really just a, an amazing time mm -hmm. all around I, I don't have any complaints about it mm -hmm. uh, i know tyler kind of shadowed himself a lot he was able to be like oh i'm not doing a good job this yeah. is my first year yeah. tyler you did fucking yeah. amazing yeah the, the storytelling was incredible yeah you had a really good way of uh, pushing the narrative forward. yeah yeah especially with because i was new. I, I didn't even get a chance to like self-deprecate and you are and you like stopped me at, yeah. in my tracks <laughs> i didn't even say a word we both had off guns <laughs> knew where he was going don't you fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> you fucking do it don't you fucking right. do it. no Fair yeah <laughs> i piggybacking off of you dude fucking i uh I didn't know. Well, I knew Faith and Tyler, of course, but like I didn't know uh, female Tyler. I didn't know Anna. I didn't know Joe. I didn't know Aiden. I didn't know Serena. But uh, fucking, I'm so glad that I did not turn down uh, Samson's invitation to do it because uh, I've gotten to know a lot of good few people, and now today these are people that I would. F I say it all the time. I'd fucking go to war for, but um, fucking yeah. And then piggyback on one more thing, fucking. And Tyler had, you had like fucking. I was that was my very first campaign. I think I'm not sure. I, was there any other first timers in that campaign? Uh, pretty much all of them were first timers. Okay. Yeah, that that just goes to show. Like we are all new at this fucking thing, and uh, Mr. Samsel here still <laughs> fucking did a fantastic job of storytelling right. stuff. But uh, what about you, Sam? Excuse you. I had two hundred hours. Oh, I, I think Mason was uh, the only returning well, player, whatever. but either way, Sam's. Uh, are you, are you asking me to review my own campaign? <laughs> no, just like, just like looking back <laughs> on it, you know, like from a DM's perspective with all these new players and stuff, like just, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that was my first, Xanadar was my first campaign, uh, that I've ever run. And it was, it was, it just became much bigger than it set out to be. Uh, it was supposed to be like a mini campaign, maybe like five to six sessions max. Wait, what? Yeah, I just made a, yeah, I made like a, I made a funny little world and I was like, yeah, this will be fun. You know, I'll just, it'll be a few sessions. It won't be too crazy, but then. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, you guys played it and wanted to learn more about all sorts of things that I hadn't really prepared for. <laughs> so I, so we just kept going. And then it became a, a, a an actual sort of real campaign. So Audience, this is groundbreaking news. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, why you left out? Because I remember really really early on uh we were in the uh not the in the the bar or whatever and you said that there was like a letter from like the lady in the watchtower whatever like that and yeah. she was like she was asking for adventurers was that your way of trying to be like let's fucking get this going like <laughs> um it you like... know it was a it was a hook sure like i put it there like you know so they'll have it and even if they don't go to it immediately, 
it'll be something that sort of ties in that character and that place to later in the story when I need them. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like destroyed that you guys didn't go. It's like, oh fuck, they didn't go to where I so obviously put a note to go to. It was just like, you know, um, it was there. And uh, for those at home, uh, what Mason is talking about is they found, there's a job board in sort of like their hub tavern that they use as sort of like their home base within the land of Xanadar. And uh, one day when they were looking at the job board behind it, like there was a note that was sort of like propped up against between the job board and the wall. And... You know, it had, like, a note saying, like, experience adventures, come to the windmill uh, over in the hill. I can offer ample reward uh, for a job. And uh, they didn't go. They didn't do it. They <laughs> they saw it. They kept the note, but they had other things to do. Yeah, I, so, think, I think Rook you know, found I, it. I knew. <laughs> she, she showed yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Rook found it. They're all like, that doesn't. They're like, that doesn't sound. I think, did you guys know who Velazul was at that point? We were told about it. That's, we that's who the note was from. I think we were told about okay. her. Because you were told, uh-huh. yeah, it was signed V. Yeah. And I think you guys immediately were like, "Oh, that's that crazy bitch in the windmill that we were warned about." <laughs> yeah. Maybe we well, shouldn't go fair, do that. To be fair, they didn't share that yeah. information with the rest of the class. That's true. Rook, yeah. Rook showed Phoenix, and then Rook asked Phoenix, "Should we show everybody else?" And they both mutually agreed, like, let's not show everybody right at this moment. And I think Phoenix put it in <laughs> no, his coat pocket. No, <laughs> not telling on that. Oh, fuck. But Yeah, but, like, yeah, it it, it just kind of got much bigger than I thought. And then that... people were asking for, like, side quests and oh, shit. Yeah, dude. So I'm like, well, I mean, I guess we're just going to keep going with this. Fuck, and yes. I, I certainly didn't have the whole story... Uh, I, I thought I had the whole story planned out at the beginning because I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's going to be small. I, I know the general conflict that's going to happen. But as the sessions went on and I realized it was going to be a bigger thing, I had to sort of go back and add more stuff, like more <laughs> lore and more 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 things for you guys to discover. Dude. Uh, which, which, you know, I'm – I wasn't super – like thrilled with how it all turned out in the end, at least, but from a lore perspective, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm a little hard on myself for that. I, I will be self-aware on that, but, uh, I don't know, you know, I was being that, like I was inspired to get into D and D at all by critical role. Oh, yeah. it, it was just sort of like natural to be like comparing it to that, you yeah. know, like what does Matt or do? Yeah. Um, but, you know, at, at, at times as well, I, w- I was also able to step back and be like, you know, everyone seems to be having fun, so... I had a blast, dude. I don't have to be, you know, the second coming of Matt to, you know, make a good D&D you, campaign. You don't need to be the second coming of Matt. You need to be the first coming of Tyler. Mm. Spitting. Mm. Thank Bro, you. Spitting. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I It was certainly... Like, Xandar was an experience that I needed, for sure. I needed to, you know drop it you know jump in the water and get my get my dming skills mm-hmm. and my improv skills moreover mm-hmm. um you know out there i truly do think that you know you know D dming and, and, and xanadar as a whole helped me with being more comfortable talking in general mm-hmm. like i i felt myself when i'm i'm going to career fairs at college or interviews and such that i'm able to talk more clearly and you know think more on the fly of what to say Mm -hmm. 
more easily now because of the because of this hobby. Mm. I, I truly believe that that is that has helped me a lot. And you know, Xanadar was very much the icebreaker phase of that. Mm. I had to, you know, I had to get in there. I had to make mistakes. I had to do really shitty improv uh, at times and and try to like not make it obvious that I was like panicking when you guys were doing something <laughs> that I hadn't prepared for. <laughs> So it was it was a lot of it was a lot of that, but you know I I think the biggest I think fault of Xanadar that I, that was on me was having you guys have amnesia at the beginning. Oh, you think? Uh, because I think that really hurt early like role play stuff. Because mm-hmm. like you guys didn't really have anything to latch onto to. Uh, sort of like dictate your interactions with people, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm glad that I gave you flashes right away because I could. I thought it would be easier, you know, because I thought it would be shorter. I thought it'd be easier to just have like you know these guys are all new are all new to the game. Let's not have them, you know. Let's take off the pressure of having like writing intensive backstories. Then we can just have fun. But then you guys like. You started getting into it and started like like when I started interacting with NPCs with you, uh, you guys started getting into it more. So I'm like, well, fuck, this is this might be bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just felt like I just felt like if like at certain points, if you guys had had your memories, it would have been easier for you to like get into the RP elements. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad it all worked out in the end anyway. But I think if I could change anything, it would be that you guys would have your memories. Mm-hmm interesting even though it did fit into the wider story yeah you know with the fathers and such yeah uh i think i would have changed it to be like you guys are the exception like you guys do remember where you came from and Mm -hmm. such like that but Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll never know and and that that's how we played it so yeah for sure Dude, I, I wish I would have been able to be inside your head after like after episode like six or something you're just like oh god damn it they want to they want to go out that would have been that would have been fucking hilarious to know at the time. Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, it, it was certainly a uh, it was certainly interesting. All right, let's dive right into this. So let me pull up this file here, and these are all right. It, just so everybody knows, our listeners, um, I didn't bother to at the time when I was throwing all these into a file. I didn't bother putting down names or anything. So. Uh, there's that and then these aren't in any particular order either uh okay here we go okay oh first one i have here uh this one's for you mr dm uh was there one thing your party did that shocked your dm the most i have a couple i think uh i was about to say yes um Quick question: Are any of us um, echoing on your end, Brock? Because I know you're recording all of ours, and I, I hear a bit of echo when when you ask that question. Uh, no, I'm not hearing it. Okay, that's good. Just as long as it's not coming in on your end, then that's fine. But just figured why I'd, I'd bring that up before we got too far into it, just in case we needed to start over. But uh, since we're good, we're good. Uh, something that surprised me. Uh, I think. What is probably the most like drama filled mm. arc of the uh of the session all really did start when 
when the side quest with ah. uh, <laughs> with Machin and Girsu, uh, with the attempted with the attempted assassination of the mayor of Leonis, uh, and uh, the burning down of the market market district, I think that was um, was what surprised me the most. I think yeah, dude, just their just how brazen their plan was. There was uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, which would be literally everyone except the people I'm recording with. Uh, <laughs> I had to, we we did a series of side quests where like some people outside of the normal DN you know session hours, uh, we'd get together with me on on a Discord call and we do a little bit of a side quest that just involved those characters. Um, one of them was our our druid and our uh, fighter, our, our dragonborn fighter and our human druid. Uh, they were mad, or they were perturbed, that the the mayor of the the major town or the major city in uh, Zanadar, Leonis, uh, would not sell them the tavern that was owned by the, the city uh, for like two hundred gold. Uh, he said that it would have to it would take much more. So their solution to this <laughs> is to in the middle of the night burn down the entirety of the market district uh, while everyone was asleep in order to draw the guards away and then attempt and then cast spider climb on the fighter the fighter infiltrates the mayor's tower and kills him uh, in, basically an attempted coup I guess uh, with two people just two <laughs> yeah. people taking on, taking on this entire this entire thing so they indeed did draw a lot of guards away, but when the fighter got into the building, uh, he spider climbed up to the top floor, got inside of like one of the hatches on the ceiling, and dropped in. There was indeed security around <laughs> the mayor, and the mayor himself was also an accomplished fighter. So there were like four to six guards that all like he didn't like. He dropped in the closet. Because uh, that's where the hash was, where he dropped in, and then he just sort of walked into the mayor's room, <laughs> just no stealth, just sort of walked in, and all the guards were like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and he couldn't really answer. And I think he, I think he made the first attack, so the guards fucking swarmed him, and he, they both got arrested, and then that you know resulted in a whole like. Prison us. break section of the next session. Us wiping and then all like memory like, wipe shenanigans had to come in. It was that's what surprised me the most, I think, because yeah, I was not expecting players to to do that. Uh, I know there's another. There's something similar to to that happening. I'm guessing I must. I definitely said something. Ah, oh, it's right here. Uh, during like when this was happening, this fireside, it, they asked during the town on fireside quest. Uh, did the DM prevent slash stop anything worse from happening? Just as being the DM, like, did you stop them both from doing something that was kind of over the top? I'm guessing is what they're asking. Um, during the side quest, yeah. not really, because like I was like, you can do this. <laughs> like I, I let them do whatever they wanted to. Just I just told them there will be consequences befitting of your actions, and they uh, still let it rip. The and respect. there indeed was. Uh, but I was about to say, even still, like you know, 
pretty pretty bad shit happened. Like the fire killed GC's dad. Yeah, dude. Uh, which I don't think you guys, I don't think I ever stated explicitly, but like that was the event where GC's dad died. <sighs> and you know that that burned down. You know, other GC by the way for for everyone at home. Mm-hmm. It was one of my NPCs. She was this little like flower selling girl, and her dad yeah. was ill. And they were selling flowers out of a wooden cart in the market district. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that fi- they lived not too far away, and that fire was the thing that that killed killed her dad. Mm. Uh, so no, I I did I tried not to be like you know step in and you know put a stop to that because right. I don't know they seemed like they were having a good time. Yeah. Which you know was fine. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I didn't matter too much. It's like, no, you're destroying my beautiful world and plots. Like, I didn't really <laughs> care too much because I knew, I knew the world well enough to know what the consequences would be. Uh-huh. Uh, and I figured you all would have, it would have some choice words, uh, for them as well. So I was like, okay, I'll let you do it. But you know, when, when everyone gets back together, you're going to have to explain yourselves. So I, I, I like to think that I didn't prevent too much from happening, mostly because they really did not have a well thought out plan to cause <laughs> more significant damage uh okay uh so yeah you know that's a good answer actually yeah for sure and i know there's i want to get all these out because there's like there's three i'm pretty sure there's three about this i think the other one was just like the players reactions <laughs> to this yep right here what was what was the party members reactions to to Town, it, what the? You guys need to learn how to spell. Okay, here we go. Uh, what was the players' reactions to? It's. It, I, I think it's town, but they spelled it. I. I. I fucked up. This is my own fault. I fucking put this in another file. Uh, town. What was Mason? What was your reaction yes, when we found out? Like, when Tyler was like, "Hey guys, uh, you wake up and the town's fucking on fire. What was on fire? What was I shouldn't say Mason. Well, how about let's do this, Mason." <laughs> What was Maras and your reactions to this? I was personally like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? Maras <laughs> uh, was just like, okay. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Maras was just a simple fucking barbarian Goliath. He, he, he didn't give a fuck. He was there for the action. Mm-hmm. He was there to fight shit. Mm-hmm. He didn't care about the fires and the fucking po- politics. And yeah, shit. yeah. He would have fucking done it too if they promised him meat or something. I'm sure. He, I was actually, I was actually DMing them, be like, "Hey, if you if you want me in on this, I'm 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 kind of interested." And then like, "Oh, sick, that's awesome." And then 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 they never got back to me on that. Bro, if there was three of you, if that situation happened with three of you, I don't know how the fuck. I listen. I feel like we did damage control very well, but if that was Machin, Gertsu, and Maroth, what was the dude? You were our fucking tank. Like that, I think that would have fucked us. Yeah. Oh my god. But uh, on Phoenix, my and Phoenix's, my end was the Brock's end was the exact same reaction. Like, what the fuck did they do? And then Phoenix's, I remember specifically trying to role play this was, we didn't know, we don't know yet entirely what happened. Maybe something happened that those two can get off Scott clean. And then the more information that came out, and then we found out, like, yeah, it was them. His, rea- his, his, like, he, like, 
it was almost like a not surprised on Mocking's end just how he like he knew he didn't know Mocking, but like the way Mocking was, he was like, why am I not fucking surprised? But Gertu's end, there's a question I I can't wait to get in between the Gertu and Phoenix fucking back and forth. But when he with Gertu, he was like, he thought. It, it was a complete slap in the face to him because he thought for some, like, when I was playing Phoenix and, like, with Gertsu, like, he truly did not think Gertsu would, like, do, like, it was a complete slap in the face. He had, like, no fucking idea, like, why. Like, like I remember, uh, I think I said to, I think I said something to Rook or something. He was like, I'm, I bet Machin has him, promised him fucking everything. That's the only reason why I think he would do something like this, but um, yeah, dude, it was it, like both both Phoenix and Brock completely fucking shocked as the who he was. He was really hoping there was more to it and like more we could help them out. And fuck, Rook and Phoenix went to the goddamn made Tyler fucking build a library and an entire law system to try to help them out. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yes, he did, yeah. That was, dude. Fuck. The more I think about it, I don't know how, how. I don't know how we didn't go down with them. You know what I mean? That's how. That's why I give us credit for the control mm-hmm. damage. Because like, we could have easily just went down with them and been in prison bars too. You know what I mean? But at the same time, they went in solo. We were all at the bar. We had, like, the alibi. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the fucking bartender would have seen us leave, too. Oh, that's we true. We were all just there chilling, sleeping, whenever they attacked and then attacked the mayor. We didn't do it either. That's true. We we had that alibi. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That Back on the surprising thing, the, what I had in mind was that, and there's a question about this, too, we can get into next, or was when uh, Phoenix fucking pretty much broke into fucking uh Melison's house. Yeah, and broke down the door and shit. Yeah, that was the other thing I had in mind. I was so mad when that shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like some shit that fucking Roth would have been down for. I'll... And it happened when he wasn't there. Listeners, like, you'll get more context, dude. but we'll get on that when I get to the question. But yeah, that was that was the two things that were in my head when that fuck with that fucking shit. Uh <laughs> I'll answer this one quick because it's the next one. So someone asked me why the coat changed from black to blue, it, why the baby blue and gray color combo. Um. Well, for one, uh, I wanted it to fucking stem away from fucking Sao. Like, I don't get me wrong, I love Sao, but like the more I was looking <laughs> at the black coat, I was like, I need to, I need to fix this. I need to get Phoenix's own, his own like persona or just like his own look was that's one and uh, and two was um i i went i had him go on a side quest and like when i had the art and stuff done and i had him in the in that colors uh i thought it would be a good meaning because like to my listeners in the beginning phoenix i like to think him he was like he was a straight business like he was just like business 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 mission 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 like if you want to come help me, that's fine. But and and Xanadar, he was. I need to get my memories back. I need to. I need to know 
what the fuck this place is about. I need to, I need do, I gotta do whatever I gotta do. And if these people are gonna come with me, th- that's fine. But like, just straight business. And <laughs> with the characters that he was with going forward, I tried to play at him as he was opening up. He was letting himself have a little bit more fun, and he was. He was accepting of Machin, and and he was accepting with fucking Marath, and he was just he. And then that was like a I like to say I don't know what I want to call it fucking foreshadowing like the black coat all business blah blah blah. But as he was opening up, he turned to the blue and the gray color combination to show like he was his personality. He was turning into a different person. If you wanted a deep answer, there it is. And plus, why the color combination of baby blue and the gray? I just like those colors together. The baby blue and the gray. I think it looks uh, really nice. But it's good. It's pretty fucking sick, man. I liked it. But yeah, that's that was the reason why to the color change. One, get away from the whole Kirito, and two, uh, uh, he just felt like if he was changing, he needed a new change of clothes. So yeah, but that's the answer to that. Um. Here's here it is. What was your play to attack and burst into the friendly NPC's home? <laughs> okay, um, so I re- I remember specifically uh, something. I thought I was like big braining and connecting the dots or whatever. And we had this fucking we found this orb, and they were just so fix- fixated on this orb. And I thought I was connecting the dots. So I thought I'm gonna one up my DM here. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him to the punch. So like I forget what we were doing, but okay. I, but I forget what we were like doing at the time. But like it just for some reason I just like fucking it. I got a snap in my head. I was like them, and I was like I'm gonna fuck. Tyler's gonna have no fucking idea. I figured this out. This is gonna be great. So like I forget what the party was doing at the time, but I remember I remember I when we were role playing. I was like we need to go visit them right now. I was like we need to go now and. Uh, for some reason, they were like, okay, let's go. And we we got there, all the lights were off, I remember, and the door was locked, so, and I was like, they're, f- they're fucking doing something. So I was like, DM, Phoenix kicks the door down. <laughs> so, uh, I think I failed my role, then it kicked down, but Gertsu was all for it too, and he helped Phoenix out, got the door down, uh, couldn't fucking, yeah. we couldn't find them, went downstairs, and there was fucking, there they were, just, fi- meditating or something on this orb um and then the whole there was a conversation of do we wake do we snap him out of it or whatever which i think we did and then i was like i got him yes i was like i got this fucking character right where i want him so i was like dm phoenix she's unsheathes one sword and points it right at him (laughs) and uh i honestly like i honestly thought like for like i just i there was a it was a shot in the dark and i was like this is this is kind of sketchy what they're doing in 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 my head at least as a player, and I was like, either one we're gonna burn a relationship, or two, I might I might have figured something out. And it turned out well we didn't completely burn the relationship, but it was it was affected for a long while, and it was all on me. But DM, if you'd like to have add any insight to that. That that was my whole that was my whole thought process during that whole fucking situation. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> since everything's done, um, that whole sequence was kind of bait for you to do that. 
And I fucking fell for it. Hook, it line, and sinker. It kind of neat to add a bit of drama to it because, you know, you you look in the house, you see the flickering light, and you're like, those motherfuckers. And you go in, and you do your thing, but... Like, he didn't want to tell you... He didn't want to tell you what was up because... Uh, I forget exactly how you guys got the orb to him. Did Sumi give you that orb? I think... Didn't we find it? I think I think they did. No, no, no. Yeah, when you were exploring the first ruin, uh, soon, like, when you came out of the ruin, I think Sumi gave you this orb to give to Melazin, this crystal orb, and to say, like, you know, he'll know what it means. And you did give it to that, or mm -hmm. give it to him. And, you know, he's pretty vague about it, but he said, like, this is... This is big, we need to analyze it. And I think you guys are a little suspicious, like, just generally kind of suspicious of that. Mm. So, you know, I had him, like, you know, this is what they'd be doing when the party came by. That You know, they'd be meditating on this orb and trying to, like, run his, or trying to, like, figure out his power. So, you guys ended up going in to see what's up. But really, there were no malicious intentions behind it. But Sumi and Melazin had a, a history with each other. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, he wanted to keep it relatively secret. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dude. But I figured it would be an interesting sort of scene, so I kind of put that little that little carrot on a stick for you, mm -hmm. and and you, you took it. I so. fucking bit right into that, bitch. <laughs> there you have it, guys. The DM, like, the DM knows me I'm so here. well. He was like, this fucker's going to bite, and what do you know? Brock thought he was figuring something out. Like, I'm gonna get a one -up. <laughs> it's crazy. You're like, I'm going to get a one-up on him. Nah, -uh. <laughs> <laughs> you, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, dude, I was so excited I mean, too because I seriously thought I was onto as... something. I mean, Melazin and Ina certainly have secrets, but they were never anything like really, like truly malicious. <laughs> um, and I don't, I think most of the secrets you ended up finding out about them were from Belazul. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it, it involved a lot of like memory tampering shenanigans. So uh, even they didn't really know their own secrets. Mm -hmm. All right, but that was—I was a little scared. I'm like, these guys are really important NPCs. I really don't want you to kill them. <laughs> uh, but you guys ended up not doing that. No, uh, as you did break into someone's home. I was. And you did feel guilty about it. I did. Uh, Rook and Phoenix <laughs> bought them a goddamn door. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you guys bought him a new door. It's um, a nice door. Here we go, Mason. This one's for, this one. I think this one was strict. Yep, this one is strictly for you. It was about when you went off and fucking. Oh, we had to go. Dude. We had to come save your ass. Uh, what was what was the players? They're asking what your play was. Uh, going to that force alone as Marath. Like, what was the whole idea behind that? I think. He was actually kind of betraying the group a little bit, because I think that was whenever he had the uh, the diamond. Didn't you That's want right. something that they had? Go... Yeah, he he traded them the diamond for a pretty cool hand axe, mm -hmm. like a bear insignia and shit on it. Mm -hmm. It was like yeah, a it was create your own hand axe type deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was an ornate hand axe. Because uh, I think when you guys first were at the forest at the Banthar Woods, you, you know, they said that you know, you know we you caught glimpses of like uh, some one of their champions uh, like hand axes, mm -hmm. 
and you, you asked about it, Maroth, and uh, Sumi said, uh, the, the queen of, of the Banthar Woods, said that, you know, we we have special, we have people who are able to enchant weapons and make, you know, make them have special properties. Uh, so yeah, you, you took the diamond to them and traded the diamond without the party's knowledge uh, for that hand axe. Uh, which is a vicious hand axe. I think it had some sort of like it was a magical weapon, and it had some sort of like crit sort of ability. I think that would do extra damage on crits. Uh, and I believe you were champion, so I believe that was ha that would happen more often than not. How did how did the uh, fight how did the how did the party find out? Like, this is my own question. I can't remember how we found out that he was in trouble. Do you? Uh, you found out. Because a storm rolled in, uh, uh, okay. and uh, you didn't you didn't know exactly that it was Maroth, but you did wake up and Maroth was gone. Uh, but I believe it was uh, Garion when you guys woke up in the middle of the night because there was a storm. Because in Xanadar, storms and rain only happen on very specific days, mm -hmm. and this was not one of those days. Ah, yes. And you guys saw, I think the rest of the party saw, like, a lightning bolt, like, come down in between uh, the town and the Banthar Wood. So, I think you guys went to go check it out. I think maybe Garion said, like, oh, I think I heard Marath, you know, go out somewhere or something like that. Yeah. So, then you all had to race off to rescue him because that was the first appearance of the Lightning Knight. Yeah. Uh, who came down and tried to 1v1 Marath. Phoenix is first. How do you want to do this? <laughs> I remember. Yes, that's Fuck right. That you up. you fucking you fucking jammed your two swords into the grill of his helmet and slashed to the side. It was it was good. But to be told that he would be back for a round two. <laughs> and yeah, he he sort of like just dissolved away, uh, and he eventually did come back for round two. And you guys found out who he truly was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one's for me again. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh it sounds like you were playing a fighter when you had a bill as a <laughs> Yes. Yes, leave me the fuck alone, okay? He was my first character and Yeah. <laughs> he I should have had him as a fight which I made up for it now in another campaign, but fucking I had no idea what I was doing and I should have had him as a fighter, but I went ranger and it fucked everything up, but it it it, it played out fine. I I still love playing him. Look, listen to my listeners. Phoenix walked so Sprocket could run. That's how I look at it. That's exactly how I look at it. But um, continue, I'm not. Xanadar was a was a land of firsts for a lot of us. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. DM question. Oh, let's. We're getting on to the right. Divian arc now. I think. Uh, would have the game panned uh, out differently yeah. if the players only killed the mayor or? Divian. So I must have said something about we killed both of them. So I'm guessing they're asking you if we only killed one of the each, would anything played out differently? Yeah. So it certainly would have played out differently. Yes. Um, maybe not too differently, to be honest, though, because mm -hmm. if you ended up killing Divian, mm -hmm. only Divian, mm -hmm. and not the mayor, the mayor now has his memories back because. Uh, that you know, I think it was Divian who undid the uh, the memory, the mod the modify memory spell that was on him mm -hmm. to forget that he had done those horrible things to uh, 
Divian's mother and and you know Divian himself. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he might have turned himself in at that point because like with every like the whole town knew that something was up. Like the entire town is attacked by by Divian and the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it wouldn't be too different because if the mayor wasn't dead, he would have probably been imprisoned or put on trial or something like that because he did truly have remorse in that moment. Uh-huh. Uh, that doesn't make him a good person or anything. Right. But, uh, you know, in his older age, you know, he, he's in a different headspace than he was when he took that Monify Memory spell willingly upon himself. So I think he would have been more willing to step down or surrender himself after you guys had dealt with Divian and stayed in town. <laughs> and then if you just killed the mayor, mm. that would have made it way different, I think. Mm. Mm. Like if, if you guys had like sided with Divian on that, mm-hmm. which I think is almost like an impossibility given the not with Phoenix around, like not with Phoenix around. There's no way yeah, Phoenix given was... the, the given the moral leanings of the party, I feel like a 100% Divian ally alliance would be pretty impossible. But if you guys had sided with Divian, that would have been far different. Like Leonis would look way different. Uh, I'm not even. I don't think he would. Even then, I'm not sure how different it would be for Leonis specifically because, you know, Divian didn't want. Divian didn't give a shit about ruling. You mm-hmm. know, like he just wanted his dad dead because he was an asshole. Right. Uh, <laughs> but like he would have like once the job was done, he probably would have went back to the Infernal Springs. You know, leave Leonis to its own devices. So if if you guys had sided with Divian, maybe one like you guys might have been in charge of Leonis. Mm. Uh, it's very possible anyway, but you might have had Divian as an ally going forward. Like you could have, you maybe could have convinced him to come along to the final battle if you guys had sided with him like that. Mm. So it wouldn't have changed. Like it wouldn't have been like a huge difference, right? Just because of like the backstories of everyone, like things were going down, whether or not, like for both for both parties, things were going down, no matter who the party sided with right but it would it would just have been like you know either the mayor's in jail or like put in jail from all like the copious amounts of witnesses mm-hmm. uh and i assume you guys would also just testify against him mm-hmm. uh if if he did end up surviving or you know divian goes through this goal you kill the mayor you guys might not be allowed in leonis depending on if the people believed your story right uh, you know, depending on if you can if you could convince the entire town that the mayor, you know, uh, was actually a, a murderer in his in his younger years, but uh, with both of them dead, the townsfolk didn't really have any reason to like put blame on you because you guys were there like trying to defend the city, and the mayor just sort of like you guys were even trying to defend the mayor, and mm-hmm. he just still ended up dying. So. All in all, it like as for the party specifically, I think how it turned out was probably the best way it could have for you guys. Mm-hmm. If we're just looking at like what benefited, what benefits you got out of it. Yeah. But 
I don't think I honestly, hilariously enough, I don't think it would have been too different if you like sided with one or the other, uh, like fully. Right. Um, as but, you a... know, you might have gained an ally, you might have lost a reputation, you might have had a guy in jail. That's that's sort of how it would have gone. Right. <laughs> I feel like, as a player in that party, I feel like. It, I know it was talked about a lot, but I feel like at the end of the, especially in that moment, I think the party, I don't want to say it was too split, but on who we thought needed to get lost was still very split up along the party. Because I know for a fact, Gertsu thought we needed to get rid of the mayor. And I think Machin did too. But I'm not sure. Actually, this is an excellent, Mason, Marath, where was, what was, was that? Where, where's his thoughts? I, I you probably he probably didn't even have thoughts. He probably didn't care. He was probably just there to kill, huh? But between the mayor and Divian, I don't know, man. Like, like Marath originally started out as like just doing it for the money, just doing it for the thrill, essentially of battle. But hmm. Marath definitely like he became a almost like a very moral center of the party in like the eleventh hour. Like it was it was a pretty radical transformation. <laughs> Damn, you're making me blush. <laughs> No, for real. I mean, I the uh, the only the other thing that I was gonna say about like what surprised me in the campaign is that you actually got emotional at the end with like the whole when when your tribe showed back up. Oh yeah, dude, that moment was fucking. Oh my goodness. But so that that that's a moment for later, though. That's a moment for later. So, uh, what what did you ask Marath? What did you ask uh, Mason again, Brock? Oh, it was just in that moment, like when we were in that little fucking room, uh. Was there, as the player, uh, were you siding to one side, or was it just a morale thing like, hey, whoever I got to kill here, I'm going to do it? It was actually, this was, we had our memories back at the I think so. Yes, you, I, you mostly. Uh, if not, if not all of them, you guys at least had a pretty good idea of who you were at that point. He was actually going through a turmoil in his head, and uh, no one really pointed out because it happened like that. I purposefully didn't say anything for a long while to try and like point out that like, hey, Marath has been quiet, unusually quiet for because whenever he got his memory back, he was remembering all the things about his, like all those emotions about him losing his, uh, like, a lot of members of his kin mm-hmm. and shit like that. It's, he was getting all those emotions back, all that feeling back. And now he was with these people that he was considering a new family to him. Mm-hmm. And all he wanted in that moment was just to keep them safe. It didn't matter who needed to die. He was going to do it. Dude, our little – his and Phoenix's little – Yeah, dude. That was – that. I think I might make him go crap. But no, uh, in that moment dude. when – him and Phoenix like did a little like wink at each other to get into the room was badass. I give us hella props for that. Do you remember that? <laughs> at the very end, it was like remember there was like a firewall and we couldn't get in, and then we like played it as like I forget how we played it, but like you were like Marath winks at Phoenix, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking going down. I thought that was pretty. I think Maroth went through and was like, I think Maroth was like, get like you know, buttering up Divian, like you know, I'll yeah, sure, I'll kill the mayor. I don't give a shit. I'll help you out. And so, so like Divian like lowered the wall, but then so like you guys were all like, what the fuck are you doing, Maroth? But then Maroth like gave the signal that it 
to uh, Phoenix that it wasn't genuine. So that was good. That was bad. It was good. It was. It was very good. It's fucking. Then it was go time from there. Were you gonna say something? It was a big, big fight. Probably one of the most climactic fights of that of that campaign. That actually wasn't even the first time he did it. That was the second time he did it. <laughs> it was a long time ago, towards the beginning of the campaign, where uh, the, yeah. little, the little dude approached us. He's like, "I will pay you handsomely, not to fight us, and just to come over here to the side." And he was like, "Maranta's like, yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> so he was gonna help them fight you guys, but then he was like, what his original fucking plan was. But like everyone kept talking over me, so I didn't actually get a chance to join him in the in the in that moment he was gonna go up to the guy and then betray him right then and there mm-hmm. like a one-on-one mm-hmm. mm, yeah yeah <laughs> everyone kept on talking i don't think he was able, Fucking... was able to express it he was joining them until like we were already in the leaking yeah we had early on in xandar we had troubles with um you know getting everyone their time during a session uh, yeah. you know, because at that point it was like, you know, I wasn't very good at like cutting people off and you know transitioning to other people who hadn't had too much of a of a presence in the session yet. So uh, I will take responsibility for that. But uh, yeah, I forgot that that was the, the that was sort of the second time that you you know falsely aligned yourself with. Uh, with Divian, like that was the first time you guys met Divian, so you just did it again, and he <laughs> fell for it again. <laughs> so, oh, fuck. yeah, it was, it was a good one. I was, good gonna, I was gonna say something. Fuck. Oh yeah, leaking Aparoth here a little bit, but you you got your one. You, well, we you almost had your one v one with Hal in our first boss fight. Remember that? That would have been all oh, the fucking the like tiny weird time. Yeah. Yeah, you almost yeah, had it. The, yeah, the, been, oh, I was so hoping that I was so hoping I would win that check to do do a fucking one v one for all fucking. That would have been so. I, I had a whole speech and everything <laughs> for it. Oh. I, so you rolled pretty high on your persuasion, but like yeah, you needed, re- but like you know, Razdaka as at his core. This is for another campaign, by the way. This is not Xanadar. We're sort of shifting over to the current campaign a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. That specific villain was very, you know, he it was, a, it was a lot of false bravado. You know, he's very cowardly at his heart. He probably might have taken you in a 1v1 if he didn't see you brandishing the giant silver greatsword. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly. That completely fucking demolished him. Like, like truly, he saw, he saw you wielding a giant, like, it was basically the great, it, like, guts his greatsword. Like, he <laughs> saw you wielding a sword that was bigger than him made of the material that is specifically built to destroy him and he was like nah <laughs> no thank you nah oh my god oh okay <laughs> um next one here back to Xanadar here we can talk Apparat too if you want but uh okay yeah. This one's for asking for me, but Marath and Mason get on this too. What was your character's thoughts when two of his party members just incinerated an NPC without hesitation? <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing they're talking about it was early campaign. This might have been another Deviant running, but Faith and Tyler, they're it was some animal, and 
I don't know if it died or got oh, stolen, yeah. but fucking Elira just fucking shot. <laughs> I forget what the spell yeah. was. But it was a guiding, it was a guiding bolt. And it she, guiding she, bolt. I think up to that point, it wouldn't hit. And at this very moment, she finally rolled high. I think, I don't think it was a nat 20, but she rolled high enough where she finally hit. No, it wasn't a nat it absolutely just fucking obliterated some NPC we had no fucking clue who it was. Yeah, so for for con for context, uh, you guys were like walking away for like some mission or whatever, and uh, two two like sort of like thief looking guys in black ran past you and like do like sort of like vaulted over the side of the uh, aqueduct that runs along the middle of the streets in Leonis, and, like, we're going into the sewers. And they saw Boz, which was the tabaxi uh, traveling merchant that they befriended, uh, saying, like, hey, those guys stole some stole some of my stuff. It's, like, really important to me. Can you please get it back? And Alaria, as soon as she heard that, it's fucking... And... Just, like, in broad daylight, just fucking killed a man. Just... In the center of the street, the other guy got away. The other guy, like, barely survived another onslaught before, you know, ducking into the sewers. He didn't uh, take anything. <laughs> you know, he it was all a ruse. It was just, yeah. just because that, that buzz was actually uh, Divian disguising himself yeah. to lure them into the sewers. Uh, but they didn't know that. So those two guys were just, like, lackeys of Divians who didn't actually have anything on hand and were just fucking annihilated by a guiding vault. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and that's when, like, that's when I had to explain to my, my lovely, lovely girlfriend that... Because, like, the guards were questioning them. Yeah. And they were like... And, and like, Alaria was like, what's the problem here? I'm like, you just killed... You just... You... You did not just murder... You, like... Ashed, like you disintegrated a man in broad daylight in the center of this. Yes, he was a thief. Yes, he was a petty thief. But that does not the punishment for petty theft in this town is not the death penalty. Dude, God. and so my girlfriend was like, "What?" You... Was like, and and that to be fair, she did not know that non-lethal damage was a thing in D and D. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Melizin pulled some strings after he heard what happened and yeah. got you guys off the hook. Yeah. But, God oh. fucking damn it. Dude. That was just so fucking funny. God. God love your faith, Jesus Christ. But, um, Phoenix's reaction to this <laughs> was, I wasn't this still early? I think it was... This was, this was, this was relatively early, yeah. like, first third. Yeah, yeah, first third of the campaign. Fucking, I can't remember, this isn't for Braidum because it was early and I can't remember but just playing Phoenix I, I'm sure he was just like what the f I'm traveling with some fucking shoot first like no questions fucking people right now Jesus Christ <laughs> this is going to affect us immensely what am I doing with these people but as Brock if I'm being honest I fucking love it like I love <laughs> absolutely love the Especially now in Aparath, especially with Faith, I love, like, her, like, if anyone, any animal, or any NPC that she adores gets hurt any sort of way, or the, her boyfriend is, like, affecting them in sort of way, she, it's like, 
It's just like on a flip, <laughs> snap of the finger, it's on violence. It is on site. You're going to get your ass fucked up, which yeah. I, which my role in, in the Aperath party, his, that my character is all for that. But, uh, so like we're probably, but now Phoenix on the other hand, that type of player, like I'm pretty sure I role played it said, wait, what are you guys doing? But they, they didn't listen, thankfully enough, and made it an awesome memory. But um, I, I think even as Brock, like I was for it, but I was like surprised at the same like surprised at the same time, like oh goddamn, we're doing this. All right, let's get it. Oh. What about Shit. you, Mason? If you even I, remember, that was pretty that was early. Little... I, I definitely remember we were running down the sewer. I believe whichever she did this shit. <laughs> I, me personally, I, I could not <laughs> believe that Fane did like a 180. It's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> she did. In the entire fucking campaign, that attack did not hit once. And then the moment a furry love interest <laughs> is possibly stolen from. It's a fucking one hit kill. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That shit was so funny. <laughs> uh, we can chase him down. We're going to kill him. Kamehameha. Just, yeah. Gone. Just. Because, like, those guys, they weren't really the fighters of Divian's crew. They were just lackeys. So they had, like, 4 HP total. They just got fucking annihilated. <laughs> just destroyed. <laughs> just like, they didn't have any character level. They didn't have any like class levels. They were just like just like petty crooks that Divian was like you know in business with. They just got fucking sent straight to hell. <laughs> sent straight to the afterlife. And that moment was for Marath. That was the first moment he ever respected her. <laughs> <laughs> You know that also reminds me. That remi- also reminds me of the Gary and Jerry moment for you, Phoenix. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god, that's true, dude. Oh, Which happened true. directly, like that happened directly after that. That was in the sewer fight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> context a little bit here. Uh, Phoenix, I me and Phoenix were fucking. Uh, if we had to count for how many ta- for how many times he got down, uh, dude, it had to be in the twenties, but. Uh, when we went into the sewers, uh, there's these two, there's two crossbow guys, um, Jerry and Gary, and like Phoenix was, it was just like a back and forth for like I want to say like half of the fight, and finally one of them knocked Phoenix down, and thankfully for my healer, shout out to all the clerics, God love you, but he got back up, and there was a certain there's a certain moment in Sao Abridged where. A bridge Kirito's voice actor is just like Gary, and then I was with them at college that night, and I played that clip. The role play is what is what Phoenix would say is just like Gary, and then fucking uh, now it was like this running gag that like their spirits were always like around Phoenix, like what the fuck, man. <laughs> but the role play between yeah, those two, like, Tyler like did, it. was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, because I just played them as, like, like lifelong, like, battle buddies. And then, like, you just killed... I forget which one went down first. Which one, like, died first? Was it Jerry or was it Gary? I think it was Jerry. 
Yeah, I think so. Like you killed Jerry right in front of like his best friend Gary, and Gary was like, "Jerry, no!" <laughs> um, he, I think he knocks you down. Like, yeah, I think he like you. You missed both attacks on him, and he just like rolled high and got you down. Like just caught, like he took out a short sword and just took you down in like a, a, a revenge for for his fallen compatriot, and then you got back up and you killed him again. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> That role play with it was yeah. fucking hilarious. Dude, while we're on Phoenix getting his ass whooped, Mason, I still do not forgive you for fucking... I think it was our very first combat encounter. And fucking... We are in, like, these... There's this place in, like, cellars and stuff. <laughs> and we were just walking around. And Phoenix was with Maroth, you know. And, like, whoever... The, whatever the enemy was, maybe Tyler remembers, jumps down. And I think Maroth went before Phoenix. And fucking Maroth just bails on Phoenix. Just absolutely bailed. <laughs> left them go. And Phoenix got fucking trucked by this fucking thing and went on con and went unconscious, dude. I still still don't forgive you for that. And I think I even role played it. And Phoenix said something to it to him. Oh, was this because your I technically your first combat would have been like the cult attack on the on the tavern on the oh, guild, when we dropped. What you're referencing. When we dropped in. Yeah. I, I think this, this is, is- this is what you're. I think is this the the temple like with the mimic room? No, this was no. This was a different one. This is. There was like we were in like we were fighting a warehouse, and this is where I got oh, the fucking battle. Oh yeah, battle from. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember. Yeah, this is when you guys were heading into the uh, the badlands the, for the first time. I just remember and there was like got, yeah cells like pr- it's prison type cells things. Yeah, yep, How yep, you yes, described that, it was perfect because like that was the warehouse fight. The fucking thing blindsided Phoenix. Fucking, he flings into a fucking cage and hits the cage bars and goes unconscious. I'm like, Mason, what the? F-? The only reason why I had Phoenix anywhere in that situation because he had he was standing there. Mouse was just like, get fucked. It fucking blind. Yeah, it was. You, you were actual response too. <laughs> yeah, you were fighting like maddened. It was like people who had succumbed to the mist and were like, like these these wild barbarians. So this is like this massive motherfucker with an axe just like drops down on Phoenix and slams him into the bars. And Marath goes off and like like I think it was because one of the other grunts was close to death, so Marath wanted to kill. So Marath like left Phoenix to go no. kill him. What was going on is there was another like really big like enemy, uh, and he was like uh, the leader of it. He was the one with the bat. And Marath is like. These guys around here, you know, <laughs> Phoenix is fine. He can handle them. They're just basic enemies. I'm going to go fight the big motherfucker <laughs> that's the leader of the That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're right. On. fucking left. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> just clink into the side of the cell. <laughs> oh, my God. so funny. But then you guys released the act beak, which helped you out a little bit. So yeah. that was fun. <laughs> I'm so glad we had like two clerics that in that good. party. I forgot. I forgot about that fight. That's good. Yeah, the two clerics were good. The two clerics are very good. Oh my god. Um. All right. Moving on. Um. Let's see here. Next question. Okay. This one's for uh for the players. And I think we kind of touched on this, but if there's anything else, uh, for the players, was there any way you guys reason with and don't kill Divian? From a Phoenix standpoint, absolutely not. Divian did like maybe if Divian didn't lure us into those sewers and like pre- like 
Maybe, maybe, because, like, he never gave Phoenix a reason why to, like, hate him. But I think there was, like, two run-ins we had before the main battle. But Phoenix, not Phoenix, Divian was number one on Phoenix's fucking hit list. Like, there is uh, no way that uh, Phoenix was just like, I don't like this guy. This guy is not good for the people of the town. And Phoenix, uh, even even his personality, like, changing deeply – like that was still in his like Divian lived rent free in Phoenix's head most of the time until uh he was gone. But yeah, uh there is zero percent chance that anyone in the party or even Divian himself uh maybe uh changed it, but absolutely not. D- uh Divian had to go from a Phoenix standpoint. Not sure about Maroth. As I say, we did sort of cover Marad's ideology on on the Divian situation, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. You know, gotta gotta de- defend the friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Even defend like early on, family, no matter who you gotta I, kill. I guess I guess it wouldn't change, would it? But yeah, no, absolutely not. He was dead. So, <clears throat> which made him it, but Serena was dead. <laughs> as soon as we got into that place, Serena was like, "I attacked the mayor." I was like, "Okay, I guess both of these fuckers are going down." <laughs> Uh, uh, and she like the mayor couldn't do anything. She conjured like three brown bears, <laughs> and then turned into a brown bear herself, and just completely surrounded him and just mauled him to death. Yeah, Marath was a little triggered. <laughs> yeah, the bear slayer. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, just like, why would you choose that animal? Oh, this is a th- this one's a theory. I I don't think it's this is that deep, but it's a good theory, I guess. They said theory. Uh, Orpheus's was sent by Divian to gain party's trust, hence the sudden attack on Phoenix. Uh, I don't think it's that deep. <laughs> oh, Offris, yeah, Offris. Um, excuse me. So actually, no, no, uh, Offris was just an asshole. <laughs> like he didn't. Like he agreed with Divian. Like he. Like in the moment, he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Divian," but I, I asked for his backstory like multiple times, and he never gave it to me. <laughs> so, yeah, he he was just like, you know, I'm I agree with Divian. I'm going to kill you guys. <laughs> yeah, he he was not originally sent by Divian. It is a very good theory, though. I I I think we can retcon that to be true because that's funny. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Uh, but like in in reality, that was not what happened at all. He was just the player just wanted to just wanted to agree with Divian and kill the party, so he tried. And uh, then Ilaria like crit fucking inflict wounds and like and ripped his arm off to another dimension. Gersu did. Oh no, they uh, they that was Gersu. Uh, they banished Gersu, but Offris was oh, just. Right. Immediately burst it down by the two clearings. Poor Aiden, dude. Didn't he like have one death on the roll on the death saves, and then he rolled a nat one, and then he died. He rolled a nat one on death saves, so Offris died. Yeah, uh... Uh, but that was the same session that Gusu came back, so we yeah. just continued playing yeah. Gusu for the rest of the campaign. Good theory, though. I guess, I guess we can make it canon that that that's why he hurled a fireball at Phoenix. <laughs> I guess. It's it's almost more funny to make it not canon. So like, it's just he was just an asshole who agreed with Divian and just decided to kill you guys. 
man. Um, all right. <laughs> we can all answer this. Man, you got a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I dude, they surprised. piled up. They're, yeah, they they piled up. Uh, we could probably all answer this one. It's not. It's uh, what's your slash everybody's take on player on player romance? Are you for it? Were you attempt it? Um, mm. let's see here. Okay, so. Ryu Firestorm has no desire to fucking romance at all. So I don't think he's going to be running into romance. Unless something changes with an NPC or if anything happens, I don't see Ryu Firestorm being any type of relationship or trying to get to any. He is one-track minded, and whatever that is in his head, he's, he's fucking going for it. Um, Phoenix? I mean... What? Sorry, go ahead. No, no. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Phoenix slash did... Brock. Fucking. You want, you're going to say something or not, man? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you said go ahead. And I was like, okay. And then, and then, and then you started email. talking again. You started again, Brock. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Mason, please. You have the floor. <laughs> uh, we did just encounter a lady with similar, you know, likeness to Ryu. Right, but like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't see her like that. Like, like he, like he has. Granted, he has a lot of questions for that lady, like a ton. He, but he does not. Are I think she's like, way older than him, anyways. For one, and two, she is. Yeah, yeah. And, and two, uh, just because she's got scales doesn't mean he's like, oh damn, fucking. I love her. No, no. Like, I don't think. I'm with the lizards. Yeah, and I don't like. And Nelly and him touched on this a little bit when they had that conversation, and she got that letter from her brothers asking for relationship advice, and Nelly was like, she asked him something, and he was just like, yeah, they're women, I guess. I don't know. And so like that 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 should that should be like a hint, like. Like he knows of relationships, <laughs> blah blah blah. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and retcon and assume that like his adoptive parents, you know, hopefully explained stuff like that to him. But like he he there like yeah. Uh, I guess there's still a lot to be role played and a lot to happen yet. But like as of like right now with Ryu Firestorm, absolutely like there's like absolutely not. But Phoenix slash Sprocket, um, I don't know. I feel like we'll go on Phoenix since we're on Standard Dark. Uh, he. At the time, as a player, I wasn't in. I wasn't really, really like. I don't want to say I was into like. I wasn't into that type of stuff. But I wasn't really. That wasn't one of my main things I wanted to do. Like I wasn't like. I I don't know. But um, I mean, I guess he could have. I guess it, <laughs> it could be canon that he finally like, whatever, settled down and took Rooks and Elira's advice and got into a relationship. I guess with who? I don't know. But I guess it's possible. I'm not saying like. He, he, I was about to say they were they were teasing you about uh, Lina. Yeah. Uh, when you when you were talking to her. Yeah. Uh, they they were teasing you about uh, a crush on her, but you you never you were like no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but are, am I for it? Will Will you attempt it? I mean, I kind of already answered that. Ryu Firestorm. I'm not attempting it, but I mean, I'm for it. Like, I'm not against it or anything. It's just I I've had characters so far that like are really into it. I guess, but Mason, hell, dude, he's a fucking stud. If you don't romantic somebody in this fucking <laughs> campaign, buddy, 
He's been giving so much advice the entire time. He's like a fucking role model to the entire group. <laughs> he, for Hal, on his side of things, uh, did all Hal Veroni. He's, it's definitely possible, especially with like you know, being that he's got like royal lineage. He could, you know, like, 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 there's always the possibility of like arranged marriages and shit like that to happen down the line or stuff like that to to keep his family name alive. Um, there's always something that is possible when it comes to him. As for Moroth, though, <laughs> <laughs> he was always just about the action. Mm-hmm. But if he saw that a woman was, you know, like strong, independent, powerful, you know, uh, he he definitely could have, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, nothing like that ever happened. Mm-hmm. What's your take on romance, T. Sams, as a player and DM? Um, I mean, truly, it's one of the most like when you have a good group, mm-hmm. it, it's a very specific thing to get right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your group, your group needs to be like very open to the idea. They need to be, you know, uh. You know, they need to understand that it's a game, that, you know, it's just a game, blah, 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 all that, you know, common sense stuff, but something that, you know, new groups may not have, you know, they may not, because, like, it really, because truly the the true potential of that sort of thing really comes in, in, like, experienced groups of friends who are Mm. very comfortable with each other, Mm. because truly it can be one of the most compelling parts of a of a story of like a dnd campaign yeah for sure uh because because love is such like a universal uh motivator just like yeah that that's exactly the word i was going to use is such a universal motivator such a universal like uh just concept to defend and uh to to strive for even Mm -hmm. so and you know like like critical role has just her insanely iconic romances, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and just the way they play it, like these, like there are some people in that group of of players who are married to each other, but who romance other, other like their other friends' characters. Yeah. And you know, you've seen the memes where it's like, you know, D and D is all about like seeing how many of your friends' characters you can kiss before <laughs> the campaign gets out. So it, you know, th- like love and like unrequited love or you know like slow burns like it really builds up the drama mm-hmm. of literally like any situation that it's part of mm-hmm. because you'll see like people differently you'll see your motivations change as a character as a dm you know if it's like an npc romance or anything uh as a dm it's super useful you know because you can use that connection for so many hooks mm-hmm. for the plot you know what i mean yeah for sure and it, but it just it is it's not something that you can force yeah that's the thing yeah and then you know everyone has to be down for it it has to make sense within the story it's not something you can be like oh romance is such a really powerful tool i'm going to you know like heavy-handed push it into you know into the faces of my players it's not something you can do like that yeah uh you can you know between npcs sure you can do that uh but for the players you got it's something that's just got to like happen naturally yeah um but again i i think it's i think it's about i think it's a really cool tool i think it's just a real it's something it's a really cool experience that you can do Mm -hmm. 
just just knowing that it's a game, but you can still like explore those emotions, uh, you know, within like a game environment with your friends. Uh, in game romance, this is probably why D and D is considered like a a cheap therapy. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I guarantee you, like that, like that, lots of those concepts are are at the core of like mm. romances <laughs> in the campaign. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I've as a player, I've never done it. Uh, but like it's always in it's always like in the back of my mind. Yeah. Like during mm-hmm. like when I played my Curse of Strahd campaign, uh, for the longest time, I was playing uh, my uh, half orc shadow monk named Shali, and you know throughout the throughout the campaign, I, I thought like oh, maybe maybe something could go with this, or maybe some something could happen with this person. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and I you know that would have you know what effect would that have on her story would it make sense for her how would that change her view on things would that change how she fights would that change what she does in certain situations uh-huh. uh it, it's a great like character development tool yeah. and but again only in the right circumstances where it makes sense yeah like yeah. if all the stars align it's going to enhance it like the stars are going to align more if you go down that path and it's like comfortable with everybody and it makes sense right yeah so you know, it's it's powerful but dangerous at the same time mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons. But all in all, I think it's it's very compelling when it's done right and when it's done with the you know consent and support of the rest of the party. Right. Since we're on hindsight, twenty twenty, it would have been an interesting, like you huh. said, storyline stuff. But uh, maybe it was a missed opportunity. Depends if uh, Tyler female Tyler been for it but uh I guess a Phoenix Rook ship would have been interesting huh <laughs> that would have been possible uh that w- that would have been interesting I always saw them because c- Rook was head over heels immediately for Gary and mm-hmm. so that's true but yeah sorry you were you were gonna say more I think no that was just I, I was while while you were talking about like storylines and stuff I was thinking about Xanadar's player characters and I kind of was just like I'm a Phoenix Rook thing would have been interesting. That was, and I shared what I was thinking, but that's I didn't play into. Of course, of course. The already, <laughs> the already. Uh, um, what was the NPC she pretty much dated? Shit. Uh, uh Gary. Yeah, the Gary. Yeah, 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 the bartender. Yeah. Uh, the bartender gunslinger yeah. that you guys find out later. Yeah. Um. The gunslinger. Yeah, she. Uh, I always saw she like. Absolutely, was packing heat. Because Rook and Phoenix were, like, sort of the co-leaders of the party. Like, they were the ones with the level heads. Yeah. They were the ones with the, you know, with the with the moral with the moral compasses. Yeah. Uh, I always saw them as just sort of, like, co, like co-leaders. And, fr- like, I think they bonded in friendship over their shared, like, Jesus fucking Respect. Christ. How, how do we get this party in line? <laughs> uh, sort of energy. So, oh, that's, that's true. That's very true. That's a good point. I, I did not expect I did not expect any romances at all to come out of that campaign. Uh, one because again I thought it'd be really short, and two because you know everyone was new. Mm-hmm. So you know that's not something that you can really. Uh, that's not something that isn't that is that's something that's hard to like. Just sort of do when you're new. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So. And I, <laughs> I remember every time someone did like patient an NPC, Morath was always like, "Hey." <laughs> She wants to make. Are you down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marath was so fucking. Marath was just like exposing forward. everyone. Just like, hey, very blunt. She wants to fuck you, dude. 
You, dude, while speaking of that, you, my my favorite Phoenix Elira moment was I wish Faith was here for this role play, but like I forget what was happening, but like Boz was around and like Phoenix kind of like he he was being smart and like nudged nudged. He, I forget what I said, but like you role played it as like she got right in his face and like <laughs> fucking roasted him and said, "Oh yeah, how about you get in your own fucking relationship, huh?" Dude, that was probably my my favorite back yeah, and forth yeah. between those two. Oh my god. <laughs> all right i was about to say we had it was good it was good um uh, here we, we we got like four more i think here uh yeah four all right maybe maybe more well i got our, our lovely tyler asked me questions on twitter we'll get that i'll get to that here yeah they she asked you questions too i saw um let's see here next question is Loved Phoenix interrupting the news NPC interview with one of his party members in the tavern and basically telling him to get lost. I don't remember this moment. Somebody help me out. Uh, what moment was it? Loved when Phoenix interrupted the news NPC in the tavern with one of the party members and basically telling him to get... Oh, okay, so I think I... I I must I get where they're coming. I think it was right after the whole fire being turned tur- burned down, and like news or like interviewers were in the tavern, and someone was interviewing. Oh yes, yes. Elira, and I I think I rolled a perception or something, but Phoenix just saw that, and I had him stick his arm between them, and pretty much told him to get. I get it. Yes, yes. That was him just being yeah, a good friend was, and leader. Yeah. That that's all that was. I saw there were there were reporters. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all that was. I was just like, there are reporters all over. Yeah, and you were like, you were like, get the fuck out. Yeah, okay. that was good. I yeah, I remember that. That was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. All right, here's one. <clears throat> this is a good one. I think this is a good question. Um, what was the relationships like within the party? Um, all right, Mason, I'll let you, I'll, I'll I'll let you do Marath here, but I'm just going to quickly scan through everybody and. From Phoenix, Phoenix's perspective, we kind of already touched on Rook and Phoenix. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix with Rook was like he very thankful that he had someone that was fucking level-headed and actually looked on things the exact same way as he does as he did. Uh, if I had to say, actually, my my Phoenix 2.0 Sprocket. Sprocket needs a rook in this part. Sprocket is fucking struggling because he, he does <laughs> he does not have a rook in this party, and I, he would probably do so much better if he had one, but he doesn't. But um, mm-hmm. Maroth, mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix looked at him like they, like everybody was a, like he at the end of the day at the end of the campaign he loved every one of them and he he would go to war with them every chance he got. But Maroth, he was. Phoenix looked at him as like the biggest guy and losing him would be catastrophic and he like he knows if Marath needed a push or shove he could always turn to hey man you do this for us or if you do something for me here we get back to the tavern fucking any meets on me fucking go wild uh <laughs> Elira. That's true. That's true. The the protein addiction. Yeah. Uh, Elira. What? What? Sorry. Go ahead. No, no I was gonna say face character. I wish 
Face character and Phoenix had a lot more back and forth. I don't think they had a lot of back and forth. I wish they did. But um, I could say one in particular, when she got her red hair, that made Phoenix very, like, he worried about her nonstop. And I remember role-playing when, I remember role-playing, I forget who it was, it could have been, it was probably with Rook, but I remember role-playing as Phoenix and saying, like, we need to keep an eye on her just in case uh, because I don't like how the whole red hair ordeal but um mm, mm-hmm. yeah um who else uh fucking mocking fucking uh, mocking was a p- fucking a pain in the ass to phoenix he she, he fucking uh he uh, granted to mocking's credit i feel like mocking had mostly a lot to do with his change of having fun, I guess, because Machin was fucking. For some reason, every chance she got, she just fucking poked the poked poked Phoenix's fucking side for some godly unreason. But it, yeah, yeah, it worked to a, an extent, I guess. But um, oh, dude, Aiden's Gertu, man. I think I if there's one character I wish I role played with more was his that character because. Um, I don't think like a lot of conversation, a lot of good conversations were probably at had between those two. Cause if anyone looked, had different complete perspectives, I think it was those two. And I don't think enough conversation RP happened to, to what I want to call this <sighs> to iron, iron the differences out. Like, I don't think there was enough said between those two that needed to be, like, because I remember when Gertrude came back and someone was, and there was, like, here's fucking, here's when Machin came back, or Matu, I got the time, would be, like, here's this guy back, like, see ya. Like, there was no, like, that was it. Like, there was no conversations. That could have been an awesome RP moment. And then when he came back again during that battle, like, we kind of just let things be things. And, like, I think a lot more things could have fucking that could have been a lot more good RP too. That didn't happen. But those two, I feel like there were so many differences. A lot of, a lot of cool role play stuff could have fucking like, there might've been a little more respect between the two, I guess. Like there was already like, there was respect there, but a little more respect if like conversations at least happened. But I think that was, I think that's everybody in the party in Phoenix's eyes, but Mason, you have the floor, my friend. So you, you were mentioning like it, how you would, you know, you could, you would like get with Moroth and be like, you know, if we get through this rounds on me, all, all the meat you need is on me. And that just reminds me, probably my favorite moment thing, except for the ending where <laughs> he chugged an entire barrel of meat. <laughs> oh, the barrel, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He bought a barrel and then chugged that bitch. <laughs> this started to crack me up. I heard his role. Now we saw him. I think uh, I kind of already got into this a little. He did. He didn't like value anyone higher than anyone. Else. Mm-hmm. He kind of like, as especially as the, as as it, as the. Sorry. As the story started, 
he didn't have his memory, didn't know anything about his past or anything like that. He kind of just saw this group as a means to an end, mm-hmm. just like some way to get by and just until he can get back and figure out, you know, where he came from or how he can get back to he, you know, so he can get his memory back and rekindle with his family or whatever the hell he had. Uh, so he he didn't care, and that's why he was so, you know, like gung-ho on just, uh, you can buy me, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really loyal to this group. And then as mm-hmm. it as it developed and he learned more about his his fallen family, his fallen kid, his, you know, learned more about his past and, uh, and, it, and how he, and then his, like, relationship grew with these. He was, started to trust them. He saw them basically as, like, a second chance at a family again. Mm-hmm. Things that he's lost, like just everyone, to a, a strange event with like a massive fucking horde of bears, and it's just it kind of broke him. Mm-hmm. And then he saw like these guys, as I said, as a second to have a family again. Mm-hmm. And he and how he would do anything just to protect them so that history didn't repeat itself. Mm-hmm. That being said, he did not like Malkin. <laughs> <laughs> Malkin was the exact opposite of him. Morass yeah. hated the forest, hated the trees, hated all playing off. Like, he, he, whenever we're trying to get to the village hidden in the fucking tree, he was like, fuck it, let's just burn this bitch down. <laughs> Mockin loves everything about plants and shit. And he was just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Every time Mockin would say something about Mockin was really talkative and kind of annoying whenever Morath was just like always like quiet and kind of to himself. Mm hmm. So Malkin was definitely like a dynamic word. He he did not care whenever Malkin. <laughs> oh man, it was such oh, a fucking Malkin, dude. Dude, yeah. For to her, Serena's credit, man, dude, that was a fucking a whirlwind of a character. Holy shit, that was a. <laughs> oh my god, it was. Dude. I mean, I mean, Marath had such a great. Marath has such a great character arc. Like I'm, I'm really glad at how it turned out. Uh, at the very, you know, at the end, uh, I think it was very subtle. I really liked how you did it. Uh, you know, Phoenix's character arc was great. I liked that. You know, the the slowly regaining memories over time did help in some instances, and I like how you guys sort of used that to um, to your character's credit and, and how they changed. Uh, not necessarily being exactly who they were before, but you know, yeah. using their past experience to dictate who they are now. I think it was really good. Um, I'm obviously not every other character at the table, but I have some insights on the rest of the relationships with everybody. Yeah, dude, fucking spit uh, it. Ilaria and Rook were were best friends. Basically, they you know they were the cler- they were the two clerics of the party. They were the two people who ha- who had NPC romances. Fuck yes. Uh, they they were basically you know <laughs> they they would usually stick to each other and sort of cover each other's backs and you know they you know the last I believe the last line that I had Alaria say during the campaign was to Rook saying you're my best friend uh, when they were when they were in the middle of the battle with the mind flare. Mm-hmm. Um. But I also know that Rook Rook obviously was in a relationship with Garion by the end, and Ilaria with with Boz. Uh, Rook and Phoenix were were close. Ilaria, Ilaria and Marath had some good moments, I believe, uh, near the end. Uh, some some good banter, if I remember. 
Uh, Nyx, which is Anna's character, was more of a lone wolf. Oh, dude, I forgot about Nyx. Dude, yeah, that's another character. Same with Elyra. I wish her and uh, him and Phoenix had more fucking moments. Yeah, Nyx was sort of Nyx sort of took up the background of the party. You know, sort of didn't talk a whole lot. Uh, you know, didn't didn't form like crazy meaningful relationships. But it, Nyx Nyx's relationships were more on the NPC side. You know, Nyx had his horde of uh, of birds oh, with yeah, him. That's that he, right. Uh, you know, Silver, his his animal companion, his his cardinal, uh, or sorry, his robin, I believe it was. And he was also very much attached to an NPC called Enzo, uh, who was another Astamar like like he was, and sort of gave him a little bit of more insight on his past. I remember Nyx also had a really good conversation with Vincent, who was the uh, the old fisherman uh, uh, leader yes. of Nakan village, or at least the the more the more um, primitive side. Yeah. I remember he had a really good conversation with him. And similarly you, uh, Phoenix, had a great conversation with uh, Ezekiel, the uh, the other leader of the other half of the village. Mm-hmm. So uh you know that that was pretty interesting, uh, but yeah, Nick's Nick's had you know general nice relations, I believe, with everybody. I don't think one more than anybody else. Uh, but yeah, his was more on the NPC side. Maroth, obviously, you you talked about yours. Uh, then we come to the fucking mystery of mocking man. <laughs> Holy shit! I, I am I have never met another player like Serena, but Mockin was almost a joke like kind of a joke character at the beginning like he his backstory was that he was an intern at like uh <laughs> uh like a hiking tour company and is like his boss was a, was a dwarf who constantly never paid him enough and like told him he was messing everything up um uh, but that's why he was a druid because he was like he worked at like a national park as like a tour guide um uh, but then oh man mocking was just like a chaotic force yeah, dude. Like, sort of like a comic relief would, like, come in and, like, make quips or, like, just, like, annoy the other characters in the party. Um, but then, you know, she she kind of... Or uh, Mockin was also a he, actually. He got he kind of got too big for his britches, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he got a little too ambitious. I think he was, you know, he was very, like, business-minded. He wanted to, like, start a business, wanted to, you know, take, take Xanadar by storm with his new opportunity. Um... Uh, and so, yeah, he, he got a little too too big for for his britches and got arrested by the mayor mm-hmm. uh, for attacking him. Broken out by Divian, uh, taken to the Infernal Springs to have his mind wiped. Uh, dude, and, that and was this so is where cool. That was things, interesting. This is where things really got interesting. This is where things got interesting because obviously I didn't want Serena to, you know, lose her character. Yeah. Like, you know, but the character was like super wanted in the main city that you guys chill in. So we had to think of an idea, and we eventually came to, you know, Memory Wipe. You know, it's the, technically the same character, but we sort of, like, use magical means to disguise them as another character and also give them, like, new memories so yeah. that they don't even remember it. So, you know, Mockin agreed to this, and thus Matu <laughs> was Matu. Uh, created. Uh, <laughs> a jewel-smoking frat boy. Uh... <laughs> Just 
just insane. I, I that was all on her. Like she chose the alter ego. That was all on Serena, and you know we went with it. Again, comic relief, maybe even more so, was constantly trying to invent Jewel and try to find investors for it and business partners uh, throughout the campaign. But we somehow did get a modicum of seriousness out of it because we had that infer- internal conflict with the remain, like the the remaining consciousness of Machin that survived the memory wipe process. Yeah. So. You know, Machin was sort of like in Matu's psyche, trying to regain control of his body, and eventually they sort of came, like, you know, and there was, that was an interesting moment with you, uh, uh, Brock, where, you know, Machin heard what you said about him and was, like, very, you know, saddened. Oh, what'd she say, dude? That was such a hard line. Thought, who he thought was his name. Yeah, it was such a good line. I don't remember. I remember everyone was, like, fucking freaking out about it, though. It was like I'm a person, t- or like I I'm a person too, or like I was real too, yeah, or something like that. Because uh, I think you said something about like, oh, you know, you know, Mockin's not really here anymore, yeah. or something, or like it doesn't matter because he's not here, or something like that. Yeah, and you know, Ma- like Mockin was was very was very sad about that. And that was a great line. Uh, so we kind of brought hilariously we brought that crazy character around to some kind of like narrative arc in the end, but. Yeah, Machin and Girsu were sort of like business partners. They were like chaos partners. You know, Girsu was very Girsu was very, you know, early Maroth like. He, you know, he was just in it for the coin, really. Didn't really value anybody above uh, anybody else, means to an end sort of thing. And, you know, he went along with Machin because he thought Machin would be able to give him the most benefit in terms of like coin and such, and then got arrested for it. Decided to join Divian, which is when he switched to Offerus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually he came back as one of Divian's right-hand men. Uh, and even then, like, when Divian died, he was like, okay, well, I don't have too much loyalty, so, you know, I don't, I didn't have too much loyalty to him specifically. Mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, if you guys will take me, I'll come back. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So he was a, he was a very, he was very much a wild card, and it, it was interesting to see his sort of, like, it was interesting to see his journey, even though he didn't form a lot of like player to player relationships, like yeah. not like as intensely as some of the others. Yeah. But the fact that he even came back into the party and that was the character that like ended it all. Yeah. Or like that was with you when everything ended was kind of crazy. Yeah. So that's sort of my insight on the rest of the party's mm-hmm. uh, relations with each other. Again, I might be missing some things. Uh, obviously, only the players who play those characters know, but that's sort of the the long and short of yeah. those other ones. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> oh, this I have my own question now, but for the both for both of you, uh, um, fuck it. Well, uh, let's get through these questions first. I, hopefully, I remember this question. I think it's a good question. Um, Just write it down. You have your computer in front of you, right? Yeah, I'm typing it in my. Fu- I'll type it in my phone right now. Um, there you go. Okay. Okay, so these are. I think we're going to fuck. No, there's one more, and I I, I just left it because, uh, fuck, fuck. Fine, I'll answer it. Uh, this is for me. The question is, what's the difference between Phoenix and Sprocket, if there is any? Um, I don't think there's really much of a twi- different difference between the two. I Sprocket's a little bit more of a hard ass. Like, I don't think. I think there's just so much shit on Sprocket's plate that uh, he has. He ha- he has more stuff on his plate than Phoenix di- did. Sprockets, uh, well, he's not anymore. But uh, the he he his his dad 
right in front of him, got killed by a rogue in front of his eyes, and his dad left him with this entire First Order army to take lead, and he he didn't he didn't want anything to do with it. He said he, he he's on this like no one asked me what I've wanted. No one asked me like this like I didn't want any of this uh, type shit. Yeah. Um. And uh, Phoenix, it this is this is to my discredit because I. Sprocket's story is so much more deeper, like because I know what I'm doing. Like I said, it's a F- yeah. Phoenix 2.0, and Phoenix's story wasn't as like deep as Sprocket's is. But I mean, S- Phoenix, like it's like I said earlier, what, whatever that was. But Sprocket needs w- what Phoenix had. Like Sprocket needs a rook. Yeah. Sprocket needs that. Hell, Sprocket needs a mocking because like. <laughs> like to lighten them up. Yeah, like the the, the two rogue like the two rogues like are complete like they are they are rogue type personalities. Uh this half elf yeah. this half elf royalty is a snot brat. Uh and like the only reason why he's with this half elf is uh it was sent because of her father the king blah, blah, a lot of shit's happened right now. The fucking party split up. Um but yeah, he he's just yeah. he's so much. Sprocket is so much more like he is. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. But fe- like, if I had if personality wise, if I had to choose right now, like I m- much prefer like Phoenix. Like Phoenix, like he got out of his own way, really, and he opened up. Mm-hmm. And he, and maybe that's, like I said, maybe that's with the help with Rook and like the entire party. Maybe that's the reasoning. But Sprocket right now, like I enjoy playing, like I'm having a blast playing Sprocket. But like he, like he needs something in his life needs to be a plus, and it hasn't came yet since like episode zero. It hasn't came yet. But um, if if they're real people, like I don't think anybody would like Sprocket right now, but they would love Phoenix. But um. I, I see. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'm not sure if I answered that good enough, but that's what they're gonna get. But I mean, I I love both of them. Like, uh, I think you got it. Okay. Like so much. Like, like I said, I Sprocket. Like Sprocket's only Sprocket because Phoenix existed. So you know. Um, right. All right. That's enough. That's all of them. All right. That's good. That's good. Miss Tyler, here. These are your questions, man. Um, I'll start with. Uh, this one, she she asked me, "How does it feel to no longer be the responsible face of the party?" <laughs> Let me tell you, I am fucking <laughs> enjoying it so much, dude. I, you, you fuckers had this coming since Xanadar, like so fucking much, dude. Like, like, dude, I fucking love Ryu Firestorm so fucking much. Like, don't get me like. Don't get me wrong. I love, like, being the face of the responsible of the party. Like, it has its challenges, but I love doing it. But being a Ryu Firestorm of a fucking D&D party is the greatest thing you could probably fucking do. Like, someone pisses you off? Fuck that guy. Take a fucking... Take fucking the Scorching Ray. (laughs) Doors closed, Scorching Ray. What are you talking about? Who the fuck cares, dude? Dude, you get... You guys don't There's understand. There's a big fucking ship flying above us. Kill it. <laughs> fucking... 
There's a giant dreadnought airship above us. Shoot it down. <laughs> Dude, I was so close of actually doing pulling the trigger on that too. You guys don't understand, but I didn't do it. You wouldn't have it's it was way too far away. Scorching Ray doesn't have that range, uh, dude. Oh, uh, oh my god, dude. But yeah, um I just <laughs> I think it's funny because like when we're like going back and forth with NPCs and stuff, I will not say anything because it's just like me like me the like nudging Faith or Tyler or even Mason for that matter. It's just like me like elbowing you guys like, hey, this is what the fucking face does. You better get fucking you better get fucking talking to the NPCs, man. You don't want Ryu Firestorm to fucking go back and forth with this guy. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, I am not ready for this fucking ball, dude. <laughs> dude, I have dude. Oh man. I think I already said something in the chat, but I have so many fucking ideas for fucking Ryu at this ball, man. It's going to be a fucking ball. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh my god! Yeah, this this session, y'all, uh, all of you at home, the, this session has been in the works for a little bit. This is a big one, so it's like three weeks now, um, maybe even more. But I don't have to be the but one anyway, to answer. Yeah, I don't have to be the that, one. To that's answer that's this. apparatus. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to be the one to answer this. But I mean, um, I guess there's a difference with Hal and Marath immensely, Mason. Like, how are you? Like, you right? I think Hal right now is. Especially, I feel like he is the one that's taking lead, especially with this ball stuff. You know what I mean? Like, do you prefer like the Marath? Like, I don't want to say empty-headed, but just like, I'm gonna fuck that thing up. <laughs> to like, how like being like, I guess in the beginning, uh, you were more of like, I want to fuck that thing up. Like, I have all this fucking armor on, but at the I was about to say because this because we're. Because he wasn't always Hal either. Like, he he went through his bit first, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's true. It was just like, there was... And, and then, ultimately, it came down to... The reason I switched over to Hal instead of his bit is because there was that whole issue... Uh, <laughs> with I Nelly? I don't really want to call him it was, it was with, uh Yeah, where he, like, stabbed her hand, and it was like, there was, like, a big like, silence for, like, a few minutes, and then it was just, like... It, it, it kind of felt awkward, and I didn't want to be there. I didn't want there to be like some sort of like player like awkwardness. I thought it was great. Like, you know, I'll just. I thought it was great. I'll put him group. aside. I'll bring out a new character that's more agreeable. Yeah. What's up? I thought it was great end group like, uh, headbutting in the beginning of the story. I that's how I like. I didn't think it was awkward at all. I thought it was oh. like great, just like, just getting to know these people and like, fucking his pip is gonna do what his pip yeah. does and just. All that I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah, I just didn't want him to be like an issue, where he would like make other people like annoyed with me, like role playing this character out. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, yeah. Ryu Firestorm was gonna make him his friend if it was the last goddamn thing he did, if he was sticking around. <laughs> but Roth is I definitely mean... a lot of fun. Getting back to the question that you asked. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's just like I'm maxed out in strength. I I I have 20 strength. Just fucking throw me in there, coach. I'm gonna kick some ass for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was always I like got, funny. I got tw- I got 20 strength. I got 19 AC. You're not hitting me. I'm gonna hit you really hard. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm really uh, excited for because like if we're we gotta talk to, about this in game as a party before we go to this party. But like, if we go in there with like, just like our like 
us just dressed up fancy. I am so looking if it, if it happens. I am so looking forward to like because people are gonna know who Hal is in this. I'm I'm assuming people are gonna know who you are. Like I like I'm and like I'm just looking forward to like the personalities and the role play that like. I mean, we gotta talk about it apparent still, but like, like if if we go in there as of like just like us, like, dude, that's that's gonna be interesting, very interesting. But um, I'm not sure if Mr. But Sa- I mean, as speaking on the question, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, like I truly, Mason, you have blown me out of the water with with how. <laughs> Like, like, truly, you, like, your improv with his, like, sage advice to the other characters yeah. has been, has been, like, mad, like, it truly has been masterful to watch. Like, it, it is incredible what you've done with him so far. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the, it, 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 it still feels like. At what? Like, they make, like, a lot of decisions. Say that one more time, guy. You cut out. It feels like Faith's character is more of the leader in a lot of uh, <laughs> the band. Yeah, <laughs> or true, the brother in the band, and it feels like they make a lot of decisions. And and Hal is just kind of like a he has like a leadership type role, but he's more just like the the advice, advisor. And like the, the like the the uh, yeah. I feel like yeah. I mean, that role could. That's what I was thinking because kind of like right now we are in the very like. Nelly and Jay arc right now, like a lot of what, mm-hmm. like why you guys are on the journey that you're on right now is because of like stuff with the, you know relating to them and their backstory. But that is an interesting point. I wonder if that dynamic will change when and if like their goals are realized. You know what I mean? I feel like right now. Well, where we... yeah, go ahead, Brock. Uh, Hal and Nelly is the Phoenix and Rook. You know what I mean? I, I'm getting that type of vibe. <laughs> But um, how do we get here? Sim- similar role, but a um, little different oh, for, yeah. for sure. She asked me how's how's it feeling along, but yeah, fucking love it, absolutely, dude, dude. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Sam. As a player, have you ha- have you experienced like both of those roles? Like, do you have any insight or anything before we move on? Um, so I like being the party face. I think mm. at least with my current understanding of dnd uh I, I like i've learned that i like to talk like i've learned that i like to uh you know talk to npcs i like to like fish for lore yeah i like to you know get the dm talking about his world uh mm-hmm. his or her world sorry their world um but my the first character i made i I wasn't going in with that expectation so i had eight charisma uh but i still tried to talk my way out of things so it didn't go well in the first campaign that i was a player in which is the curse of strahd one but now in my dm's homebrew campaign where i'm a tiefling wizard uh i have to be the face because i have the highest charisma in the party at a 14 (laughs) no one (laughs) it's not good but, like, I have the best chance of doing it. But hilariously enough, I don't talk as much in this campaign as I did before because my character isn't in that spot to, like, talk a lot yet. Yeah. So, like, my cleric and ranger, who have, like, seven and nine charisma, <laughs> respectively, <laughs> like, kind of do the talking. And it's led to some bad things happening. So, 
I have sort of expedited my character's confidence arc so that I can sort of maybe try to talk a little more <laughs> and use my charisma bonus. But I personally love being the face because uh, I just love talking uh, mm-hmm. about like made up worlds and made up shit in a made up fucking D and D game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I personally don't mind being the the face of the party. I think high charisma is 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 a great niche that that I like to play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. I also love playing just fucking big dudes that just hit hard and and don't fucking ask questions. Mm. Mm. It, when it comes to my characters, I I never like plan for someone to be like, oh, this guy's gonna be the uh, he's gonna be the big uh, fucking he's gonna be the guy that you know gives advice to everybody. He's gonna yeah. be the leader. I, I'm just like. Like a, in a vision mm. uh, for a character, I'm like this guy sounds like he'd be a character player. Yeah, yeah. And I always like, and being, and how and how I want to be an actor, mm-hmm. you know, in the future, if I can ever get that going. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm always like, that's why I like to role play so much because like I can get into these characters like that, like in the in the flick of a, I can, yeah, I, I can like put myself into their shoes, mm-hmm. act like how I think. That reacting to a moment yeah buddy like, it, it, and, I, and i'll like role play their deaths at night when i'm bored all the oh time. my like, god dude like it's if, if i were to die i like role played by myself and i was like damn i'm kind of good damn <laughs> no yeah 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 you think up like quotes and lines and like how dramatic it'll be yeah, I, I totally like, get it like if you guys said he's like <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> No, like shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. I think hilariously, as like from a DM perspective, Mason, like you kind of have the best, like you kind of have the best of both worlds with um with Hal right now, because you know you're not just like like you're you're still like super strong and like a big martial character, and you have a giant sword and a lot of AC, um, and you know, but you know you have like you have that charisma now you yeah. have that charisma bonus you have that role yeah. in the story where you are talking to characters and you're giving advice but it's also hilarious because like whereas Marath is like i'm just gonna fight you for the sake of fighting you like you can still yeah. sort of like you can still sort of jump into a fight but you can be but like how is more like i'm gonna fight you and i'm telling you the exact reason why, why i'm fighting you and why i'm going to fucking kill yeah, you dude. <laughs> i'm fighting you and then i'm gonna kick you off with words as well mother- <laughs> it's like it's like the light the fucking holy light of the sun is about to come down upon me what are your last words bitch as you fucking run him through with a silver great sword oh it's like i think you like you have it's sort of still sort of marath like but like you know <laughs> more more charismatic you know yeah. what i mean like when you're in battle and then you're like you're uh whenever you're like mad and whenever you're like really mad in a battle like with a yargo fight you you were dropping some fire yeah, lines, dude yeah <laughs> I remember that session specifically because of that because the shit you were throwing out was fucking crazy. It was very good. It's very good. Yeah, we're, we're talking about we're talking about the new campaign, yeah. now, guys. You didn't realize this, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Right. this yeah. is the new campaign. Yeah. We deviated away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. We're sort of talking about all of D and D anyway. So, and I'm I'm, I'm always down. It's like. I'm I'm okay with dying because I'm okay with that being like a plot point mm-hmm. to propel the rest of the group forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I get you there. I feel like we I got that a little bit there. with the recent I'm death. Always... Like 
that like yeah with yeah the, with the uh, uh what was i gonna oh yeah uh just to share a little insight where i use that with the both of you in the audience so like uh he like he has officially like put all the shit that he was worried about right now to the side like with jay with the whole trust thing like since that death it's pretty much it's with him it's been I'm going to put all this shit to the side and I'm going to go fuck this paladin thing up and I want to get justice for um who's the who's the one that you role played fucking fantastically uh, Belbrin. Bel- Belbrin. No, his girlfriend or whatever. Uh, Belbrin's the one who died. Uh yeah, his yes, his uh his betrothed um her name was Leela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty much putting everything to the side, and he's just like, I'm doing this for Leelock right now. I need to put all this shit to the side, and I want... It's like what I roleplayed him, said, I want his head, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, dude. That was was fucking rough, dude. That session was... Uh, um, Like like love, death... Well, I was going to say like love, death is also a powerful, you know, motivator and and force Mm -hmm. within storytelling, but... Oftentimes, both of those go hand in hand because mm. the death of a loved one is one of the most powerful forces you can get in fiction. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, sorry, Tyler. I fucking. But we got on yeah. a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> she asked me, "Would you <laughs> would you ever eat a fire storm special IRL?" <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck no! That Fuck shit was like no. Ugh. Oh, the way you described like how much fucking syrup was in that <laughs> fucking place. like it was more syrup than it was an actual. Syrup. <laughs> oh my god, dude! When I have a firestorm special, you know what? I would try it. I'm not gonna lie. I would. I would give it a whirl because he's my character. I would give it a whirl. You would. You would take one nibble and be like, "I instantly regret this." <laughs> I'll go to Denny's sometime You'd and get like a breakfast sandwich and be like, <laughs> "Y'all have any syrup?" <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like you, you wouldn't be able to take a bite. Like you would take one bite, and then your mouth wouldn't open again because it would it would just be shut from all the fucking adhesive, dude. And then you would be like a Tyler's character when she fucking when she tried to <laughs> when Jay like, threw up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude, dude. At, since we went, since that session when we <laughs> when we were at Nelly's house, and that. I don't want to say it was the first time he had syrup, but like I just I was just like he's going to be a big fan of fucking syrup and if he has the opportunity, he's putting that shit on everything. <laughs> oh my god. Um it's a good it's good carrot. It's a, it's good. Dude. It's good. But uh, yeah, he's my care. I, I would mean, I would have to. To be fair, like bio- biologically speaking, Ryu with his like internal combustion system of a fucking internal <laughs> he would be like he would eat a lot of sugar because he would burn through it uh, yeah I, he's my character yeah dude. yeah that was one of the parents uh characteristics i wanted him i wanted him to like just be like a vacuum cleaner when he eats from the get-go <laughs> um you're doing a good job but uh, yeah, he's my he's my character. I would have to, I would have to if I ever ha- if I'm hopefully I remember. But if I'm ever in that situation, I'd have to I'd have to give it a whirl. I guess. Uh, 
And Bro, then... uh, you got to come up for like Labor Day weekend. We'll find you a breakfast sandwich, and we'll d- we'll do it. We'll do it this weekend. <laughs> oh, well, dude, that's a good. We'll have, we'll have to talk more. Um, she, okay, all right, she's okay. she's got some. Phoenix, I think she's got some Phoenix questions here for me. Yeah, are you satisfied with Phoenix Phoenix's character arc? Is there anything you wish you could have done with him before the end of the campaign that you didn't get to do? Um, absolutely, his character arc. Absolutely, I thought he seeing his parents and then their spirits going into his swords. I thought that was fucking phenomenal. Um, I thought, yeah, his yeah for what he was, I'm very happy with how everything ended with him. Um. Was there anything I wanted to do with him before the end of the campaign? I'm just, let me think. Um, I mean, you did say you you wish you had interacted with some of the players. Oh yeah, more. yeah, yeah. A uh, couple of the characters, I wish there was a little more back and forth with them. Um, I'm trying to think if any NPCs or anything that happened that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I'm satisfied. I mean, I guess. Uh. Maybe, maybe try to romance. Uh, uh, what's her name, Tyler? Uh, Ina. Yeah, may- maybe, maybe do that. Um, I wish actually, if there was one thing, I wish he, I could have gone back to Ezekiel's and uh, uh, that whole back and forth and like how what all since they mm. came together, I wish I would have like just got to see like how booming since they came together, how much, like, how booming it would have gotten with them uh, finally working together. I guess that was, I guess that would That's be one thing. Ezekiel came, Ezekiel came to see you off when you, uh, when you guys went into the portal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, you, you never did it. You never did get back to Nakan to see how, how things turned out. Yeah. But, other than that, I think everything I did with him was, I think, everything I wanted to do actually the only one thing actually no no uh I just I remember I did it but I remember uh when we were in there and we were told like it's a father's son thing they're not they don't get along at all something happened I know I knew like in that moment I was like I'm gonna have to ask Sam's to go on a side quest and maybe I can uh fix a few bridges (laughs) and thankfully I fucking rolled well that day and I did it so, <laughs> uh, uh, you did. You you managed to do it. I think that's uh, all of. I think that's everything, ladies and gentlemen. I think. Let me just let me go back to. Tw- I got a notification on Twitter. You had to quit yourself, didn't you? Huh? Oh fuck! That's right. You had yeah, 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 yeah. It's right here. Yeah, you're the question yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in your guys' eyes, uh, I know we're not like fully done with Aberath yet, but the two parties that are together. Uh, do you think like for like the the rela- like like that one question the relationships inside the parties? Do you think like uh, Xanadar's t- like party would be like had better? How do I want to put this? Better uh, better connection and chemistry, or do you think the party that we're in now will have even uh, even better more connection and chemistry? I mean, just based on you guys being way more experienced now, I I think it's Apparath and a clean sweep. That came to my head. I think you guys are going to... Yeah. You guys are just way more experienced now. You 
you know how you want your characters to be. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of the other players and they all are like constantly thinking about what, uh, what their characters are going to say or do or what they want to maybe make them do in the future as a future sort of like character development sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, right now, ten, you know, tensions are high. Uh, you know, there are various family matters all sort of convening at once uh, in during these last few sessions or in, in the coming sessions as well. But I don't know. I think you guys have already maybe like maybe not like last like last session uh, Xanadar team had a pretty good like that that was really good guys like for real you guys you guys knocked that out of the park uh with that send-off but obviously like ideally anyway mm-hmm. this this Abrath campaign will last much longer than than the xanadar one so and i am um, so ready i think just be i think <laughs> i think just with the fact that you guys are more experienced and you're gonna have more time. I, I think there's no possible way that the unless something cataclysmic happens in the story. But I think you guys are well on your way to forging tighter bonds and and the band, abandoned brothers than than in the Xanadar team. Mm-hmm. For sure, Mason, you, you agree, or do you got any other insight, sir? Yeah, I think he nailed it on the head. I think we're. You know, it, I was thinking back on just like. The other group was united through basically death in the end of it, with how everything just ended, anyways, which is kind of fucked, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they all had like their grain finale unisons there. I know. It was a sweet story, but I think this group is definitely going to be united more. Yeah, dude. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I guess. Did did you ever say how Xanadar ended to your viewers, Brock? How? It, no, no. I don't think I've been on air since the final session. But, Did I just spoil it? I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, it's okay. We can like, get on it. Actually, I think I think the point is to spoil it. You yeah. know, I figured. You know, I didn't realize there were so many questions from your viewers, yeah. so I figured they they should know how it ended. Yeah, dude. But um, go ahead. I'll give a, I'll give a brief synopsis if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh, but yeah, after after the Divian battle, they had gone off to the isolated island off the coast of the Infernal Springs because everyone we finally got to the Infernal Springs. Everyone was that was a big meme that like you know everything is in the Infernal Springs and we haven't gotten there. Uh, but you guys finally went to the Infernal Springs because Velazul went ahead and you know lied to Ezekiel about taking some boats out to the island, said that you guys had asked her to. So you guys, you know, went after her to figure out what was going on, and you went out into the ocean and saw that uh, you know, vast swaths of ocean were almost being like deleted or like just wasting away, like from reality. Like there were just giant holes in the ocean that just went down to nothingness. You managed to avoid them, of course. They were sort of on the fringes of your of the horizon, but you saw them coming in. You got to the island. You saw. Another obelisk similar to some of the other ancient ruins you've seen. You solve the puzzle to uh, get it to activate. You find another one of those like featureless stone uh, rooms underneath, more ancient than the others, it seems. Find Velazul down there, and Velazul sort of just lays it all out for you guys. Uh, she says that she, Sumi, and Melazin were all part of 
one of the first uh, civilizations, one of the first batch of test subjects that whatever was controlling Xanadar had brought into this sort of like demiplane outside of reality. And at the time, they had their uh, they had their memories, and they also had their connections to their gods intact. Uh, those of whom who drew their power from them. Uh, but as as their time in this place, you know, grew, you know, lasted longer as they continued to try to escape, they found themselves beset with uh, monsters and this, you know, pinkish fog that would take over the minds of anyone who got close to it. And it seemed like these things were evolving actively, like some, almost as if like revisions were being made to them to make them more powerful as, you know, this civilization constantly repelled them. And so... You know, they devoted the, this civilization devoted their efforts to trying to find the location of this mastermind and trying to figure out where they were, uh, which they eventually were able to do, but not before they began to be overrun by all of this thing's forces. They uh, created a whole bunch of these transportation rooms, uh, rooms that, when brought together, would be able to basically forge a pathway and lock on to the source of the energy that sort of these monsters had been residually giving off. That was the civilization's magnum opus before they uh, were destroyed, but in a final desperate attempt to maybe stay alive and perhaps uh, finish what they started, Melizen, uh, Sumi, uh, Ina, who was actually the daughter of Melizen and Sumi, I don't think you guys ever figured that out, uh, Melizen, Ina, and Sumi uh, all had their memories modified to sort of forget who they were, maybe, you know, they, they thought that perhaps if they didn't know who they were and weren't acting as they usually were, perhaps the, the monsters wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, whoever this mastermind was would lose track of them as well. Uh, but Velazul said that she was going to modify her memory, but actually didn't. And so she has all of her memories from all this time, has been in constant hiding, sort of peering beyond reality, doing weird experiments to try and keep herself off the radar. But, you know, mm -hmm. she hasn't actually been able to make a move and make things better. And that's when you guys came along. And you guys so far have been, you know, forging a path through the land of Xanadar, collecting the old runes of this ancient civilization. And the last one is uh, right behind Velazul on this deserted island where, where everything started. And... She asks you all to to finish what they started to to take the runes and go and find the source of this and, and take it down. Uh, so the the party obliges. They uh, leave the island with Velazul in tow. Go back to Leonis. Uh, they sort of finish up their business with the NPCs that they have, saying their goodbyes, uh, doing all sorts of things to finally prepare for making their way to the large mountain at the north side of the of the land of Xanadar that looks like a giant tidal wave. Finding where they originally saw the scripted runes uh, within the uh, on the side of the mountain itself and the runic energy that they had absorbed into their bodies over the course of the campaign sort of exited them, filled in the, the runic holes and made a portal. And they were all sucked up into this portal uh, seemingly traveling upwards, farther and farther away from the ground, before finally being like spit out on this hard, rocky surface. Uh, and they sort of like get up, dust themselves off, looking around, and they look up, and they see that the land of Xanadar is above them. Like when they look up, and that's when they realize that they are on one of Xanadar's moons. Uh, 
the moon is actually not that big. That's why it looks normal in the sky from the from Xanadar, but you can still see Xanadar from uh, the moon's surface. And they see this tentacled figure emerge from the horizon uh, who introduces himself as Xanadar. Uh, he's a mind flayer, it looks like. And he would, he is the mastermind behind this whole experiment. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the party is sort of, you know, shit-talking him and, you know, getting, you know, sort of getting riled up. And he sort of explains that the reason for all of this, the reason for Xanadar's existence is that in the real world, in the outside, you know, real material plane, you know, something, something is happening. Something strange is happening that is quite literally destroying reality. Um, the gods of that world are are not able to stop it. Like they they have no idea what's going on. It's affecting them too. But it seems to it seems to not just be destroying. It seems to be like reconstructing, like the like that reality is be like the it's being broken down to it in its normal like pieces and then being re reconstructed back into some new universe. Um, but the gods are the gods don't want their followers looking like knowing about this. So that's why kind like Elaria and Rook's gods sort of acted like nothing was wrong. Mm -hmm. Acted like they were excited they were like trying to get them back to the plane, but Xanadar explains that they're just in sort of in denial that anything could be above them that that's happening like this they have no idea if this is part of a cycle they have no idea if this is just a freak cosmic fluke absolutely no idea but the gods are unable to do anything about it and xanadar uh this mind flayer decides that you know it, i'm i'm not going out like this i'm i i'm smarter than the gods i'm going to find a way to keep my consciousness alive in the new world. I'm going to try and find a way to make it so that me, Xanadar, my essence, my person, survives this transition. Uh, and so this whole Xanadar thing, he created this pocket plane as his sort of experimentation grounds. You know, he saw himself as a higher being worthy of being saved, and, you know, so he felt at liberty to use the lesser beings of the planes as his playthings. Uh, mm -hmm. so that would include like you know everyone he brought into Xanadar mm -hmm. you know he he is a higher being they are all nothing but test subjects to him they are all nothing but you know pieces that he can use to uh, push himself into the next world uh, intact so obviously he's a cocky bastard and they do battle and he grows to immense size he, he grows and grows and summons two zombie beholders so the, the final battle was uh, the Xanadar crew versus uh, a massive mind flare with spellcasting abilities and two zombified beholders that are sort of his vassals, his servants, uh, on the moon of, yes. of Xanadar. Yes. And it was a hard-fought battle. There were wall of fires. Phoenix got, like, lifted in the air on a, on a piece of rocks. Before he could even get one turn in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, the zombie beholders eventually went down after shooting a bunch of necrotic lasers, and they did manage to they managed to defy Xanadar's expectations of of the lowly mortal scum that he was using as a, as fodder, and brutally killed him, like mm -hmm. absolute, like actually dusted him yep. uh, in the end with a massive combo move where everyone you know contributed, but 
in the end, even though they had succeeded in their vic. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. I forgot. I forgot to mention during the battle, uh, cracks began to form in the space around them. It's sort of like in the sky above this moon, as the the destruction and recreation of reality had finally reached this pocket plane. And sort of like the realms of the dead and the living began to merge a little bit mm-hmm. before the end. And so every party member sort of had a chance to see their their dead loved ones or like any any of the dead uh, loved ones that sort of mattered to them. So Marath got to see and speak to his his tribe elder and his fallen kin members and sort of finally get closure on that and sort of take their power as his own. Phoenix got to see his his mother and father again, who were proud of him for sort of because Phoenix in his backstory was sort of like a soldier mm-hmm. uh, in a time of strife, mm-hmm. and his parents got to see him for the leader that he became in this in this land, as well as seeing uh, Dibian's sword that he used was actually from Phoenix's mm-hmm. uh, place of origin back in the Material Plane, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a it was a corruptive sword. It, it would corrupt the user, or it would sort of changed to fit the nature of the user and phoenix managed to take it from uh where it landed in divian's hands and sort of turn it into a force for good and then the spirits of his mother and father sort of joined his power and sort of enhanced his swords all all of the spirits sort of enhanced the their loved one's weapons Mm -hmm. uh ilaria got to see her brother again and be freed of the sort of corruptive god that she had taken on uh during uh her her time in Xanadars. He said that nothing matters other than her being herself now. Uh, which was nice. And then Rook got to see her mentor again, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, was sorry about everything that happened, that he couldn't be there, but was proud of who had, who Rook had became as well. Uh, Girsu got to see, uh, sort of, Di- Girsu didn't have a whole lot of backstory characters, so I used him as sort of a vessel to see Divian and Duciel, the mayor, again before the end. Mm-hmm. Since he was sort of like, in that story arc a lot yeah. so we got to see divian again but you know divian you know divian was like lighthearted and, and sort of like talking but eventually sort of let slip that you know he went to a place where his mother was not like he did not get to see his mother again mm-hmm. due to the acts that he committed uh so that was something but he like decided to give his power to Girsu to you know even if everyone in this world is about to, you know, disappear, they can at least stop this asshole from, uh, from plaguing whoever, you know, comes to be in this new world. Yeah. Uh, as this sort of like evil being, which is sort of like the, was sort of a sentiment throughout all of the spirits mm-hmm. talking to everybody. Makin got to see, or <laughs> sorry, Matu got to see Makin, mm-hmm. uh, sort of outside of his body as well as Makin's old boss, uh, from. <laughs> from from the material plane who who, <laughs> apolo- who who apologized for for how he treated them and that he was you know he was a good employee and that he he did him proud mm. so it was it, it was an emotional moment and yeah. I, was, I, land, I hope it landed as, as good as i hope it did it did uh, but yeah then all the all of their weapons became ma- all of the weapons who are non-magical became magical and all of the people who use spells like their spells now did double damage so uh, yeah, the second phase of this fight was just a complete fucking wash. Like they, they took a victory lap around Xanadar and fucking annihilated yeah, him. Dude. But then, when when Xanadar was dead and gone, 
the cracks still grew. Like they were still standing on the moon and looking around and the cracks are still growing. Reality was like, they couldn't stop this for sure. Yeah. So the group just huddled around each other. I believe Phoenix said something along the lines of that. Like it doesn't matter where they end up or if they're reborn or not, like he will find them all again. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there, there are a lot of words said from, from everybody in the party, but Eventually, the, the group was enveloped by a white light coming from the cracks in the sky. And that was how the campaign ended. Yep. Not gonna lie, that ending gave me... <laughs> uh, gave, gave you what, sorry? Chills, did you say? Tears. T-E-A-R-S. Tears. I mean, I was... I don't know. It was very surreal to be in that moment, uh, you know, ending a campaign. We, they were level 10, so, yeah. you know. Uh, were you level or were you level 11 when you ended? Were we 10 or 11? I think you might have been level 11. Either or. T- 10 or 11. One of those t- one of those two levels. That we can probably look back at the, yeah. the campaign later. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, you know, it was a somber ending, but, you know, the, the heroes of Xanadar persisted and stopped a great evil from from plaguing the next the next world that would be made. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh it was I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that ending cuz I that was that was cooking for a while and uh we were level 10. Level 10. Okay, I figured. Dude. But yeah, that that was Mystery of Xanadar, my my first camp our first campaign. Yes. Uh and now we have moved on to Age of Aperath in its stead. Yes. It's going to be even better. We all could Which, probably uh, agree. I, am, I was about to say, I've... Age of Aperath is my baby now. Like, I have <laughs> my... I, I spent, like, months and months writing it. I, my The lore doc is at 98 pages. Yeah, uh, it's, he never fails to tell us when there's more. It's, there's it's my fucking... It, it's my fucking... <laughs> it's my fucking baby, man. It's... It's your magnum opus. For now, uh, I'm hoping to continue on with, uh, you know, I, I'm getting more confident as a DM. I think I can recognize that, like, you know, I, I have some good moments. Every so moment. I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited. For, I'm excited and nervous for tonight's session because tonight's session has been long in the running. I'm so excited. Uh, um. But yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I hope that gives your listeners. I know it's been a long time coming for the listeners, but yeah, that's that's how the that's how the campaign ended. Yes, fantastic stories. Um, all right, thank you. thank you. So there was one more, but it's from Zach. Oh, shit. Okay, he, the, it's all from right. Zach. He's the DM from the other campaign. He, I didn't notice it, but um, he sent me that clip I did of Ryu on Twitter, and he just said, "Yeah, he 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 wants to know." This is a he says this is a voice acting question kind of but how do you get your voice like that? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That's what I thought too when you first introduced the character I was like what how is he going to keep that up for every single session? Uh, Zach, uh, well you, I kind of you got I tightened the back of my throat kind of and it's a little high and uh, yeah I mean uh, you know when you when you talk like him enough it oh, it gets pretty like. I'll admit, like, session zero to two or three, like, it was, like, at the end of the sessions, I'd be like, fuck, 
But now that I've like <laughs> talked to him, talked like talked like him for so long, like it's like I could probably go for on for hours. And like I walk around to myself and talk like him if I'm trying to like like Monday or because we're tonight, maybe Sunday. I'll like th- I'll reflect on everything that happens tonight, and I'll just like talk like him. <laughs> oh my god, it truly is a blessing to like I I don't think I could have asked for better players because uh, like there's nothing a DM loves more than like when they're when their players say like I think about this campaign uh-huh. all the time <laughs> I think my character would do this this and this I can't wait like it it like that is the greatest feeling probably on the planet uh, at least in my short 22 years of life yeah dude um, you're only 22 damn Taylor Swift <laughs> Someone, someone. At the, I went to the D and D club meeting for like Penn State's D and D club yesterday, and one of my one of my friends thought I was twenty four. I was like, I, I don't know how to take that as a compliment or not. <laughs> uh, I think it's but, the, the maturity that you have. I think it's the. I think it's the well. Mason, come on now. I think it might be the fast growing. <laughs> The fast-growing facial hair, like the stubble that grows, but doesn't actually grow into like an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but but yeah, that's uh, I couldn't ask for better players. Uh, you guys definitely. I mean, my my confidence was definitely low at several points in Xanadar. Like I was like this, because I like I would I would sort of uh, open up to faith. I'd be like, I I don't think I'm doing a good job. I don't think that. The, I, like, I don't think this is quality enough for me to present to you guys. Like, I don't think you guys I deserve something of of this, you know, in my opinion, low quality. Right. But, you know, the Divian battle really sort of, like, that was a culmination of a lot. And then you guys were very vocal about how you really enjoyed that. And you yeah. guys really got into the RP in that moment. Um, you know, I, I like telling stories through through battles. Uh, I think, you know, if you, you know, if, if it's not just numbers, like I, I, I truly try not to have a battle without a purpose these days mm-hmm. because, you know, random encounters are, you know, fun video gaming stuff. But I think like for D&D, for like a very character driven campaign that we're, it seems like we are trying to do. Yeah. Like, like battles are an amazing way to actually like further the story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Divian's battle was sort of like the first real big one that I think that I think I really got like how I wanted it. It went how I wanted it to go, uh, and it, it accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. So, mm-hmm. you know, and even there were even times where I still like in Apparat, like I'm I'm much more confident now. But even in Apparat, some days I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing so good. Like I don't know, I don't know if I'm. If I'm doing the best I can, but you know, you guys, I, I can't even fucking say that around you guys because you guys are like, you shut, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, uh, just you know, hype me up and all that. So I, I very much appreciate that. Uh, also, uh, what, Zach, Zach is his name, right? Yep. DM, yep. Right? Uh, Zach, hit me up because we can talk about spoilers for our campaigns instead, of, so that we can talk to someone about it instead of our characters. Yeah, yeah dude. You got, uh, you can give him Ryo Fire Storm up, War uh, I'm, that I'm I don't know. And he can give you sprocket lore I that saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm in... <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, I could, you know, 
I'm interested to hear about your cam- your new campaign, Doom Rock, because it sounds like you're going through fucking hell, and I'm very I'm very excited to hear how that goes in the future. <laughs> I'll DM him that unless he listens, then he'll definitely know. But that's all of it. But uh... <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, Zach, uh, it's not that hard. Uh, you just uh, try to get some reptilian sounds as you talk, and uh, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> how do you how do you sound like a reptile? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I said reptilian sounds. Well, like, oh, yeah. this is happening. <laughs> it's uh, a very like. You just, uh, yeah, you just. Uh, <laughs> you sound like a South like, Park character. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you do it, man. It's, it's sort of like it's very sort of sonic. It's like, I oh, can't. Yeah, this is happening. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's like you have that like sustained like you start you have that sustained sort of like hiss in the back of your throat. Yeah. I don't know how you fucking do it, yeah. man. Like it's it's impressive. It's great. Yeah. And you know, like Hal, like Hal's voice is great. You know, Nellie's finally finally like really getting into a, a voice that she likes. Um, I wish yeah. I wish she would have uh, stayed with the UK. I love the indeed. I love this. <sighs> I love the Southern, but I wish I, I wish she would have kept think... up with the UK stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think Southern is just easier for her to stay in. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes, that's true. I think it's easier for her not to drop out of. Right down here, right down here, right down here in the werewolf infested woods of Green Hall. Yeah. We got a tough life yeah. down here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Well, that's that yeah. That's everything, boys. That is everything. Oh wow, <laughs> dude! Two and a half hours. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. We kind of. I wasn't expecting it to go that long, over, but man. we talked. I guess, I'm guessing that was a conversation <laughs> that needed to be had. Apparently, <laughs> it's holy fuck. Well, look when you when you have me on, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push it over. It's two hours. <laughs> like you you know me and Colby. <laughs> Uh, we can't really help it anymore. Yeah, dude. Like, if you have us on your program, it's going over. Program. That's fine, dude. Uh, it's a lot of good shit. But maybe if yeah, I yeah. keep put uh, Now, when my listeners hear this, don't, this is not me promising anything, but the more episodes that come out, the more shit that happens in Naparath, maybe I'll share us, and we can do this again for, for however long it'll be till the first campaign of Naparath is over, because I think there's, like, different continents and stuff so like Tyler has like this big ass world and we'll have new characters in this world so like when I have to write, retire Ryu Firestorm I'll have another character but still an Aparath right is that how it goes yeah I mean it could I mean he, it. we're still technically in like the first big arc yeah uh, it's gonna be a while mind anyway <laughs> so we're not even at the Millennium Festival yet yeah, you're not the you're not the new Millennium Festival yet. We're not even um, not that you guys not that you guys need to go to that, but that is sort of the big thing that's happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys could cert you guys could certainly stick with your characters. Like it, it might it could be several campaigns. I'm planning to have it last. I'm planning to have Apparath house more than just one campaign, mm-hmm. but you know that doesn't mean that. Band and Brothers has to limit what they do in this campaign. Like they can do all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the the campaign 
will probably be going on for at least much longer than um, than Xanadar did. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Xanadar went like for a year, didn't it? It went on for a year, but you know, consistency in play, I don't think was as very good as it is now. Even then, like, mm-hmm. we still have problems in in this campaign in scheduling such. But I think it was worse than Xanadar. Like a whole mm-hmm. like six months of that was just trying to get everyone around for the final like yeah. session. But you know, eventually it gets done. It always does. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. With yeah, that, ladies uh, and gentlemen, that's it. We are scheduled to go to a ball later today, so that is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, that I hope I hope everything that we said about Xanadar was uh, filling for you guys, since it's fucking been forever since you asked this. Um, yeah. Uh, if you if 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 you're listening to this and you think, hey, I want to get a D and D, fucking do it. Go get some friends of yours and. Uh, uh, go go start a campaign. I guess I don't know, but uh, put up or shut up. Yeah, put up or shut up. Yeah, play it. Play it. Start up a server. Play some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's certainly at least in our opinion, pretty fun experience. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Go get your uh, <laughs> uh, go get your Ryu, Ryu Firestorms put <laughs> together and fucking cause fucking chaotic chaos. Go go do it. I promise. Unless you want to be, you know, you want to be that responsible guy. That's fine. That's also fun. But um, yeah, that's gonna do it. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Uh, that seems like too much work. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, this is the Outcast Podcast, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I finally got to those questions and got some people here to talk about it for me. Uh, we almost had a fourth one, but she couldn't make it. But uh, thank you for the Xanadar questions. That was well, well overdue. Um, uh, this, I guess I'll probably put this out Monday if I get around to edit it. Uh, but uh, be on the lookout. Uh, always remember, I love you all. Be friendly to each other. Uh, don't ask me when uh, the original three will be on this platform because I have no fucking clue. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to do it. I love you all. Peace. Just a dream